Welcome everybody to Talking Elite with the All Elite Zone podcast. And man, do we have a fun booking show for y'all today. So um, let me introduce you to my uh, faction of the craziest guys I know in fantasy booking. So first, we're going to start down below. We're going to start with the man that literally went through hell to get here today. He had a root canal surgery, but his match card which we'll get into later, is so dang good. He decided to come in for you guys. Please welcome everybody's favorite hardcore extreme booker, Aiden. Yeah, Aiden flew game today. <laughs> and next, coming from Parts Unknown, he is the Florida man of all elite zone. He is the crocodile wrestler, the bearded wonder, Adam. Hey, hi guys. I'm doing my Ethan Page. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Adam. So glad to have you. And finally, we have the mastermind. He is the leader of our crazy faction. He is the Roman Reigns, the CM Punk, the Jay White. He is our producer, Connor. Welcome to the show. It's great to be on. <laughs> I've been uh, on really the last few weeks. The enthusiasm. Yeah, Good to have you back. I'm glad that you know you've had. Bro, a- I couldn't talk. I couldn't top. I couldn't top that entrance with everybody. I couldn't top <laughs> that entrance. I felt like I was at a sporting event or something. That was awesome. I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would have done I my Justin Roberts it. impersonation, but uh, I don't want to blow out Connor's uh, his producing equipment. <laughs> Yeah, all right yeah so yeah we are having a fun show tonight um we are booking we're doing a fantasy booking slash predicting um the 2023 as a time of recording the all-out 2023 card so um i put a stipulation in last week we had 10 matches and two pre-show matches so we have not seen any of each other's cards or results on how that is going to go so this almost is a way to introduce you to Aiden and Connor's uh, new show that is getting ready to drop here very shortly called Booking Elite. So they're going to have that dropping. Uh, so this is almost like a little taste, a little flavor um, for that booking show to come. So I'm excited to see everybody's cards. It's going to be a lot of fun. So who wants to go first? Hmm. Uh, I'll go first. Yeah. All right, Connor. All right, Connor's going first. So, uh, I had a hard time fitting three different people on this card. Um, the three being uh, Brian Danielson, Hangman Page, and uh, Chris Jericho. Uh, so, I, uh, this is a very, very stacked card with a lot of people on it. Uh, so, I guess I'll just go with the pre-show matches first, I guess. Brian. Uh I know it was 10 matches. 
but I had to go 12 matches for the just to fit all three of them in and four pre-show matches. But the all right, so the uh, buy-in uh, pre-show, whatever they call it, uh, or is it zero hour? Uh, zero. Yeah, zero hour now, I believe. Uh, first, I got a tag team turmoil match to determine the number one contenders for the tag team champions. Uh, this includes two teams that does not need to be involved in an actual tag team title match on this pay-per-view because they've already had major shots this year, uh, which uh, being best friends, proud and powerful, hopefully by that time. Well, by then, Santana should be cleared because he got injured on that time period. Uh, can you guys hear me and see me okay? Yeah, you're coming in clear on my end. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I got a tight chain turmoil match. Whoever wins is a normal contender. Uh, I got best friends, proud and powerful, the guns, private party, butcher and blade, and a claim. Yeah, uh, if you know how a turmoil match works, uh, two teams start out, whoever loses, they go out and everything comes in until after every team's done. And whoever wins that will be the more contenders for uh, – this is all out, so Grand Slam, I guess, uh, will be where they get the title shot out. Uh, next match is Miro as the All-Lanic champion. Going against Kanoshko Nakeshita. Uh, I have uh, – do you want to say who we – like who we have, uh, like a, a, a winning winning each match or just a match. Yeah, if, if you if you like to, yes, um, that's what I've done. Wait, so are we just going? Are we doing our pre-shows first, or are we just doing one at a time match-wise? Um, we're we're basically going to do one at a time match-wise. Okay. Yes. All right. So you may get to uh, do my entire card or okay. yeah, keep going. Go. Yeah, just do right. uh, just do one of your uh, pre-show matches. I've, well, I did one. Okay. I'm about to finish the... The one you've already well, started? Okay, yeah. Well, I, I, I did one, but I'll start on the second one. It's Miro walking in as the all Light champion. Uh, going against Nikeshita. Uh, I have Miro winning it, but uh, by a uh, knockout. Uh, Ooh. So, at least... So it leaves for Nikesha to beat Miro at Grand Slam. Uh, another match. Uh, I want to see a, like an, a series of matches with these two. Uh, but I, I guess for the uh, I'll go back on the first match and I'm proud and powerful to win the turmoil match. Nice. Cool. I like it. Is it cool if I take the next one? Yep. Go right ahead, Aiden. So for my pre- first pre-show match, I've got Orange Cassidy versus Minoru Suzuki. This this match was supposed to happen at Joey Janela's spring break in 2020, but it hasn't because COVID, and it is a crime that we still have not gotten it yet. Uh, OC would have lost the All Atlantic Championship by now. You'll see who you'll see to who in a bit. So this is just a way to ensure that one of their biggest merch movers is staying relevant. And then plus Suzuki on pre-shows is really good. Just look at Suzuki versus Danielson on the that Rampage pre-show. Very good match. And for this match, Orange Cassidy pins Minoru Suzuki after an orange punch. Ooh, I like that finish. Nice finish. Adam, what about you? Uh, so I've got, uh, for my first buying, um, you kind of got uh, like a preview of it last night during the Battle Royal. 
but we got um, best friends and Danhausen against 2.0 and Garcia. Um, and um, honestly, they planted the seeds for that kind of feud uh, with, with the best friends and, you know, uh, uh, I keep forgetting their names, Daddy, Daddy Magic and Cool Hand, uh, Luke uh, and Garcia. Um, so I've got um, best friends and Danhausen winning uh, after Danhausen hits um, hits a super kick for the teeth. Oh yeah, like that. All right, so my first uh, pre-show match <laughs> is going to be Ruby Soho versus Tony Storm, and I feel like that would be a good way to start off the show. It'd be a, a hot. Kind of get people, you know, attention to hopefully buy the show. You have two of the best women on that roster showcasing what the women's all about. So I'm gonna have uh, Ruby Soho pin Tony Storm. I think I think Ruby Soho needs a little bit of time to to shine and hopefully build her up to be the next you know competitor in the company for the championship. So I'm gonna go with Ruby Soho. All right. All right, Aiden, I believe it's your turn since Connor's already done two. Okay, then. So for my second pre-show match, uh, forgive me, this one's kind of a bit of a lengthier booking, but I have a <laughs> Women's Casino Battle Royale for a shot at the Women's World Championship, and participants include Hikaru Shida, Red Velvet, Layla Hirsch, Sky Blue, and Athena in the Aces, Madison Rain, Nyla Rose, Riho, Serena Deeb, and Tony Storm in the Spades, Soraya, Marina Shafir, Ruby Soho, did I said Ruby Soho twice? No, I don't think so. I, I said Riho. Okay. Uh, Ty Mello and Anna Jay in the hearts. And a returning Paige Van Zant, Maki Ito, Penelope Ford, Willow Nightingale, and Yuka Sakazaki in the diamonds. And then I'll reveal the Joker at the end. So <laughs> this match kind of has a few story beats going on. Story beat number one is Iron Woman, Hikaru Shida. Shida really should be like labeled as AEW's resident Iron Woman. And her being the first participant in this match would really help that out. Uh, my second story beat is a tag team kind of like tease for what could be a good tag team division. Once the hearts join in, uh, all teams that are alliances that have already been formed, they get a little bit of a moment to shine. You start with Soraya and Tony Storm kind of run roughshod on the division. Then the baton passes to Sky Blue and Madison Rain, who take out Tony and Soraya with their superior teamwork. Then it goes to Nyla Rose and Marina Shafir. And then to Ruby Soho and Willow Nightingale. And lastly, it's passed to Anna Jay and Ty Mello, who I believe have been the longest standing women's tag team in AEW. Story beat number three is a Joshi showcase. So after the Diamonds join in the last group, four women stand in the middle while others are either out on the ring or down on the apron, not eliminated though. So it's Hikaru Shida, Riho, Maki Ito, and Yuka Sakazaki. And then we get like just four minutes of pure Joshi sequence from those four. And then it kind of just establishes a Joshi style in AEW, which is where the division should be heading, taking a deeper turn there. And story beat number four is the Joker. Uh, Thunder Rosa returns to confront her past. The last remaining participants are Sheeta, Athena, and Storm. And so the countdown begins 10, 9, 8, yada, yada, yada. Thunder Rosa's theme hits, and she sprints to the ring, determined to win back what she never lost. She hurls Athena out of the ring with Sheeta, and then the two, Sheeta and Rosa, like, kind of duel with uh, Rosa winning because Sheeta's been in there for so long. And so you have Thunder Rosa versus Tony Storm, former partners in Thunderstorm, with a chance at the AW Women's World title, and Thunder Rosa wins. Ooh, I like that. That one's, 
That had me. I, I want that now. So, uh, Tony Khan, if you're listening, please book that for All Out. Adam, your turn. What's up, buddy? What you got? Uh, so, my second match, actually, uh, once he gets back, because I know he, I don't know if he was feigning injury, but he just had a match uh, for New Japan, but uh, Ed Kingston versus Ortiz. Um, I think they built this story a while. Um, I mean, we saw the turn of Kingston. Um, I see them having a very grueling back and forth match. A lot of emotion to it, too, because they've been best friends before. You know, Eddie Kingston with a couple of slaps to him, telling him to stay down, Ortiz being that pride and telling him, no, I ain't staying down. Let's do this. Let's do this. And they keep going back and forth, hard-hitting, hard-hitting. Uh, Kingston, obviously, we saw using a chair on Ortiz uh, previously, tries to do it again, and the returning um, uh, Santana uh, comes back. Um, to stop him and allow Ortiz to get the roll up and victory on um, on Eddie Kingston. Oh, that's a good. I like that. That 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 would make sense. That'd be a good build. You have a good. You already have a little bit of turmoil right now with the two. So yeah, I could. And do then that you also get sure. to. And then you also get to bring Santana back from his injury too. That it's a good way to yeah. reintroduce him from his injury and to inter- intervene in this match with his his brother uh, uh, um, from uh, from Pride and then you know Eddie Kingston. So. Yeah. Um, for me, this one's going to be the Battle of the Darks and Dark Elevation. Um, this one's going to be told specifically on those YouTube shows only. And it's going to lead up to a future match down the road. That's going to be between Broken Matt Hardy and Kip Sabian. So I will. So the, how you would build it up, you would have Matt Hardy just be normal Matt Hardy. Okay. And then I would have Kip play mind games, just be that constant hill. Um, I would have him beat Matt Hardy um, on elevation and have him embarrass him, like put the box on him, super kick him, just make him look weak and then have him challenge. And then he'll have an open challenge um, for zero hour. And then broken Matt Hardy will appear. It'll be a good back and forth one-on-one match where I will have Kip Sabian where I will have him uh, go over Matt. And then at the end, um, I will have Matt Hardy get up, do his yas, yas, feel, feel the hate, Kip, feel the hate like you were, feel like the shame. And then what I would do is I'd have that lead into the next pay per view where you would do a cinematic match, where it would be at the Hardy Compound, where it would just lead up to the Lake of Reincarnation match. So that's um, that's who I have. I have uh, Kip Sabian beaten Broken Matt Hardy with a potential uh, cinematic match down the road. And David, sure, I yeah. am not drunk. I am just playing Matt Hardy. There's a difference. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my pre-show match, um, how many did everyone do two? I just did two. Anyone else did two? Yeah, I did two. I did two. Uh, I guess I'll just go with this my last two since y'all uh, as of my last match, we're casting out the All Night Champions, so I have a 10 man tag with Silver Reynolds, Uno, Orange Cassidy, and Paul White. Uh, Paul doesn't have to do much in this match, uh, because they'll be going against Kip Sabian, Butcher Blade, Luchasaurus, and Lee Moriarty. Uh, I guess stare down with Paul White and Luchasaurus would be pretty cool, uh, even if all Paul White does is choke slam. Uh, and the next match is Allie and Penelope versus Sky Blue and Madison Ram. That'd be a good one. 
Is, that on, is that on the the main card? Uh, actually, did four. Oh, uh, okay, I got you. So the ten man tag and the the women's tag matches. The final. Is it? Because I mean, isn't there usually like three to four matches on zero hour, anyways? I can't remember. Yeah. That's why I just said two to kind of just keep it easy. Yeah, last year at all out it was four. Yeah, so, so no problem. All right, so now we're gonna go into the main show here. Connor got a little extra credit. <laughs> um, so we're gonna go to the main uh, card here, um, and I'm going to have uh, Aiden start us off on this one. Aiden, okay. um, what is your first match? My first match as the opener, and this even could be a main event, but it's the opener. FTR, the Tag Team Champions, versus the Young Bucks in a best two out of three falls match for the AEW Tag Team Championship. So, at Revolution, FTR hopefully win the tag team titles from the Gun Club and the Elite lose their trio titles to House of Black. FTR are cutting a promo how they've proven they're the best tag team by having the belts, but there's another team that they feel they have played second fiddle to. Young Bucks come out. They say FTR, all they do is complain. They haven't had enough opportunities. They weren't happy when they had three belts, so why would they... Like, why would they want the Young Bucks to take their belts away again? So, and then they, they put over how it's a feud built on tag team philosophy rather than just being specifically for championships. And so it's it's FTR who feel they need to redeem themselves against the, the Bucks, and it's the Bucks who are feeling FTR not remembering. I don't want to say remembering their place because that sounds like they're heels, <laughs> but they're kind of like, don't forget the company you're standing in. It's named after us. That's kind of what their mentality is. I and like it, it's it's kind of it's a basic story, but it, I want to prove their ideologies are they're not one is not better than the other. They're just two different just two different ideologies. But FTR finally avenge their loss and retain the AEW Tag Team Championship. And this doesn't even have to be the end of the Young Bucks versus FTR. I get that it's the rubber match, but you could do you could do a best out of five series if you really yeah. want. I mean, that'd be a good way to kick the like best of five series off. So um, Jason also put uh, before we move on to. Um, Adam, uh, Jason put FTR versus Bucks. Guess, never got the moment. I guess I'll go there. next. Um, <laughs> You're good. I'll go next. Uh, so I actually have Orange Cassidy holding on to the All Elite title uh, until All Out, but I have him in the opening match uh, since he's been doing it a lot. I've got him um, going against Sammy Guevara and Action Andretti in a triple threat. Um, I think, I think uh, the storyline between Guevara – uh, Andretti and all that he continues to all out um, because you know you know Tony Khan loves long tort, long uh, long term storytelling. Um, so I think Orange Cassidy has that whole moment like it's involved with those two, and um, I actually see Action Andretti winning the All Atlantic title. Um, I, honestly, uh, it, because of the whole background with him, if anybody knows the reason why he went over Chris Jericho was because Chris Jericho saw his m- match on uh, AEW Dark and was like, I got to put that kid over because that kid's talented. Um, I think this is where you start seeing the uh, the evolution of Action Andretti. Um, I, I see uh, Sammy Guevara take out Orange Cassidy and then somehow the rest of Jerick, uh, JAS get involved to keep uh, Orange Cassidy distracted, but it also distracts Sammy Guevara and Action Andretti takes advantage of that and takes up the Guevara down, pins him. Um, it's also a good protection on Orange Cassidy because uh, Orange Cassidy doesn't have to take the pin and everything like that. It continues the storyline of Orange Cassidy and best friends and Dan Housen continuing that story with JAS. 
I like that. Really cool. I, I would love to see that three way. I think that'd be a oh man, that'd be a banger. Yeah. All right. So for my first match, I am also going to do an All Atlantic uh, Championship match. Um, this one will have uh, Takeshja. Um, he will be your champion uh, going into this. Um, he, basically, I'd have him beat Orange Cassidy on um, Dynamite um, probably about a month beforehand just to kind of spice up Dynamite be building up to it. Um, and then I'm going to have his first challenger on a pay-per-view level be Ethan Page. Um, Ethan Page is one of those good heels that he could put on a great match, uh, of course, with Takeshita. I think it'd be a good back and forth, both different you know, nationalities, of course. I think it'd be very intense. And then I would have uh, Takeshita win clean. Then after the match, you see a vignette on the screen. And you hear the redemption. And then lights go out. Lights come back on. And Miro, in a beautiful just white robe, removes his robe and attacks Takeshita, putting him in the accolade. He takes the championship, knocks, you know, knocks into Takeshita, and then um, heads off into the crowd with the championship, uh, leaving um, Takeshita a bloody mess in the middle of the ring. And that was for the All-Atlantic? All-Atlantic Championship, yes. I like that. I like Miro returning and immediately mm -hmm. uh, beating Babyface Takeshita because mm -hmm. he, he's a great Babyface. People love him. Is Even though he his English might not be the best, you can really just tell like his, his raw charisma, whether it be like physical charisma or just even when he's cutting a promo in Japanese, his raw Japanese charisma. People yes. can just get behind it. I like it. Mm -hmm. uh, I wish I uh, just comment. Uh, since we all basically have been at All-Atlantic, uh, I haven't seen Juice Man. Oh, thanks for watching. Uh, not on the hijack it, but the show. Okay. But uh, for me, Miro versus Orange Casper title. For me, Orange, Orange Casper versus Miro versus Orange for the title. At one. I think that'd be a good idea. I think you could use that as a leverage uh, to get to catch to the strap. Um, if you want to go that direction, have you know he could beat Miro, and I think Miro could hold the championship for a good chunk of the year. So yeah, I think that's a good idea. I like that juice man. All right, Connor, your turn. What is your first official match? So, this is tough. Uh, this entire call was tough. Uh, and not knowing if Oscar was going to be the company, then someone's not going to be on the card uh, who should be. But the first match I got is... Uh, this is the first ever, actually, in AEW history, maybe. I have a women's match opening the show. Uh, okay. with uh, Thunder Rosa and Ruby Soho versus Tony Storm and Soraya. Uh, now, this is assuming they have women's tag titles. Uh, there will be a tournament, a big tournament they would have, and these will be the finals for the uh, women's tag title tournament uh, between Thunder Rosa and Ruby Soho versus, versus Tony Storm and Soraya. Uh, and I have Tony Storm and Soraya winning. Uh, not clean. Uh, I think uh, Leva Bates, uh, she was in WWE. Not many people know that. Uh, but I would have her under the ring and cost Tony Storm and I mean, cost on the Rose and Ruby Soho. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how far they would go on with the story with former WWE versus homegrown AW women, but. Uh, 
her maybe joining Tony Storm and Soraya. Uh, but if not, I still got Tony Storm and Soraya winning that match. Ooh, that's a good one. I like that. I like. That I can actually see that right. happening. Yeah. All right, Aiden, what do you got? So my match number two, it might not be like a spectacle in ring wise, but I think that this is one of the better stories that can be told. I've got uh, Red Death, Daniel Garcia versus Chris Jericho. So as as all Jericho feuds go, this one is kind of dragged out a bit too long. But leading up to Garcia inevitably leaving the JAS, Sammy and Garcia form a tag team that's also happened in real life so far. And they want to relieve FTR of their tag titles, obviously to no avail. Sammy, what he's been doing in real life also, patronizing Garcia, giving him backhanded compliments and generally being really passive-aggressive. And while also Jericho continues to gaslight Garcia, who was it that donated to you and your friend's hospital bills? Who was it that gave you a chance to sports entertain again, he says to Garcia. (laughs) And so, like, Sammy's motivation for his heel behavior is that he's worried that Garcia is going to replace him in Jericho's eyes. Uh, Jericho took a chance on Sammy, had him in the... Had him in the inner circle in the first ever Dynamite. He's He should be Jericho's boy. But he feels Garcia is replacing him. Sammy feels he owes Jericho everything. It, he has to be better than this kid. Eventually, Sammy and Garcia have a match with Garcia coming out on top. And Garcia's motivation for wanting to leave is that he's known for a while now that he's a professional wrestler. We've seen that in the feud with the Blackpool Combat Club. While he might have felt that he owed Jericho for his generosity... He doesn't need to become his avatar for him to repay him. Garcia's relationship with Jericho is toxic. You paid for my hospital bills. You paid for my friend's hospital bills. You have mentored me through this business. You gave myself and 2.0 a bigger stage to shine. I will always be thankful for that. And I'm so glad that our paths crossed and that you took a chance on me. I will never forget that. But it's time that I move on. This is not me. I'm a sports entertainer. I'm not a sports entertainer. I messed up the line. Oh, my goodness. That's embarrassing. Take I'm not a sports entertainer. I am a professional wrestler. And so Jericho believes Garcia is an ungrateful kid who took advantage of his star power to get a leap in the business, while Garcia just wants to be his own man. And at All Out, Chris Jericho taps out to Daniel Garcia's Dragon Slayer. Ooh, I like that. I like that Dragon Slayer um, finish. That'd be a good way to... I think that's, I think that's kind of going to happen eventually this year between the two of them. So mm-hmm. I feel like that's going to be pretty on par with probably how this year is going to go so nice yeah, booking it, i like that one it's i try to write a more human story not one that's just professional wrestling one of he feels that he's like he needs to repay his generosity but he doesn't have to do it by whatever jericho says yeah i like that very human where's the line between uh wrestling and um reality so i like that all right adam what you got so this is where it it comes comes to a head. I got the elite versus House of Black for the trios titles um, at Ooh. all out. Um, I think they drag it again. Long long term storytelling. I think they drag it along. I think on television you get a couple of singles matches between the members of the groups. Uh, you may have also a couple just two man team matches against them. Um, they drag it along, and then finally you know House of Black. Just says, just give us the match, and the elite say you're on. Um, and I see House of Black actually dethroning the elite. Um, and then after the match happens, um, you hear a cult of personality hit, and then you hear FTR music hit, and you finally get to see the elite 
face to face with CM Punk and FTR, which they also have matches on the cards later um, for me as well, uh, both Punk and FTR. Um, I think you get CM Punk returning sooner than um, than All Out, but you, you get that build of uh, the Elite versus CM Punk and FTR. Yeah, I, I think that one that'd be awesome to see. Um, I know it's, I think it's going to happen sometime this year, so that would be a good way to um, continue on the story. That way, it's still like Ethan's comment real quick, and then um, I'll add my two cents. Um, he basically says uh, he doesn't know how they could drag feuds all year long. Um, I think with FTR and CM Punk and the Elite, there's a story there that it's already kind of built suspense. So that's something that could still stay fresh as they go. So. Adam, I could see that. That's a, that's a that's a really good booking on your part. Nicely done, man. Mm-hmm. I like that. All right, so my second uh, match is going to be a um, open challenge for Jade. So I have Jade going seventy-five and O all the way up to oh, hotel, or good hundred Lord, and oh, depending on where she's at right now. <laughs> yeah, um, we have her go to the gold, until- giving her the Goldberg treatment there, bud. <laughs> So I'm gonna have her go all the way, yeah. I'm have her go all the way through as champion. And have her come out and be like, "Man, all you bitches can't handle me. Are you kidding me? I am a hundred and oh, you can't handle me." And then um, I would have a vignette. Is Nicki Minaj coming out or, or Beyonce? <laughs> no, because no, because oh, wow. because what you're doing here, because what because what you're doing your hands oh, gotcha. makes me think. <laughs> Um, anyway, so the vignette hits, and you see a woman. She's walking. She has her hood up. Okay, it's in a it's in a dark alley. It's raining. Okay, you have two thugs appear. She just takes them out. Okay, she turns around and says, "I'm home." And it's Chris Statlander. Lights go out. Her oh, music God. hits. Lights come on. The crowd goes crazy. She enters the Lane ring. Throws on like, the screen. Keep oh. going, Lane. There is a um, there is a Rock and Hogan stare down between the two. Okay, we've been waiting so long for Chris Statlander to come back and get her flowers. This is Chris Statlander's night. She, uh, Jade tries to do her her sneaky heel tricks. Um, she gets Chris Statlander up for the jaded. Chris Statlander um, counters it, hits her with a big bang, and Chris Statlander is your new TBS champion. That was really good. I feel like it's a good spot in the card that way, like, because I feel like with Jade's matches, they're always like that pee break, like halfway through or like right before like the next big part of the night. So I feel like if you do that, you can have Jade show that she's improved, and then you have a really good, you know, challenger that takes that strap off of her and basically builds up that championship back to where it should be. So yeah, I have um, Jade losing. Championship to a returning Chris Statlander. Really <laughs> and good. David, I don't know if it's funny. It's probably going to happen, though. That's the sad part. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Connor, you're next. What's up? What do you so, got? my match is uh, a little bit crazy. Uh, I don't know if I could ever get this guy back. But if they could, uh, it would be worth a shot. Uh, I don't know if I should say this match. Uh, I don't know. It could be too many cages and pages. 
Just do uh, it, man. Just do it for the ages, uh, man. Uh, all right. I have a. Uh, I don't have Brian Cage in it. Um, I, don't, I don't think he's going to be uh, with AEW too much longer. Uh, so I got Adam Page versus Ethan Page. In a steel cage with Diamond Dallas Page as the special guest referee. Uh, uh, this match, uh, who did I say? I said Ethan, Ethan Page, Adam Page, and uh, I don't forget what I said. Too many pages and cages. Uh, I have Adam Page versus Ethan Page. Uh, I'll confuse what I even said. You're good. You're good. You got this. What? Oh, what I have? Uh, you good? <laughs> All right. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, you're good, man. Keep going. All right. Uh, that is not just a singles match. Uh, I have uh, Adam Page versus Ethan Page. Uh, I was just kidding on the still cage part. I have it, uh, Adam Page versus Ethan Page with special guest referee Diamond Dallas Page. Uh, I have Ethan Page actually winning this one. Uh, actually, a clean match. Uh, thank Ethan Page and Adam Page for putting on a very good match. Uh, uh, Diamond Dallas Page, uh, I tried to figure out something he could do with QT Marshall because uh, they had a little bit of thing going, but. I don't see how that could that could work, because uh, his last name's not Cage or Page or Gage or anything like that. But uh, I got Adam Page versus Ethan Page, and this match is a match I've actually wanted to see for a long, 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 long time. The last time these two went against each other was in ROH 2005. Uh, Ethan Page was in uh, Ethan Page versus Hangman Page. Uh, well, his, his name was Ian Hangman. It was just Adam Page. Uh, Chapin Ring of Honor. So I got a kind of page with Ethan Page with Ethan Page winning. <laughs> I like that. Battle of the Ages in a cage. I like that. that I, I think a lot of fans will pop for that. <laughs> I, I, I personally would pop for it. <laughs> You're good, man. Too many ages in your sentence. That's, that's, that's okay. All right. Aiden, uh, match number three. What do you got? So... Uh, I think y'all have already done your All Atlantic Championship booking. Is uh, I put mine close, not not in the middle of the card, but earlier to the start of the main card. I have Rush versus Kanosuke Takeshita for the AEW All Atlantic Championship. I said that way too fast. I was about to stumble over my words, but and this story is really simple. Rush beats Orange Cassidy for the All Atlantic Championship, and he goes on a rampage with it. And I say rampage because in my head. Roosh vows to make Rampage his show after he wins the belt, claiming he wants to either open or close nearly every episode. And he brings in tons of stars from CMLL, because Conan is a cornball and does not deserve AEW's business, to defend against, including like introducing American audiences to CMLL luchadors. And uh, Takeshita has been picking up steam through his amazing performances and his like, raw charisma, like I said. It doesn't hurt that he's firmly against MJF, who is the most hated man in AEW. Takeshita challenges El Toro Blanco for a match for All Out on an episode of Rampage, and Rush leaves him bloodied for his arrogance. And at the show, Kanosuke Takeshita pins Rush to relieve him of the Outlanding Championship and has bangers with it wherever he goes. Oh, I like that. Good way to show it off in every in almost every country around the states. 
I think that's a really good, strong booking idea, and I think that would be really great for Rampage if you had something consistent like that. So very nicely done, Aiden. Um, Adam, your turn. What's up, buddy? What you got? Adam, you're on mute. Adam, you're muted. Adam, hold, hold on one second. You're on mute. Okay, sorry about yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if they don't pull the trigger on, the, on this matchup at Revolution, I say they finish it off at All Out with these two guys finishing their story. But I've got Jungle Boy Jack Perry versus Christian Cage in a Lights Out match. Ooh, uh, okay. I, I feel like they need to complete this story somehow, and I think this match would be complete. You already had Jungle Boy finishing off his former best friend and tag team partner, which is Source and a Steel Cage. Um, so for this one, he really wants Christian to suffer for everything that Christian put him through. Um, again, the story between those two were a year in the making when Jack Perry eliminated Christian Cage from the Battle Royal uh, the previous year, and finally Christian Cage got his revenge on, Jun on Jungle Boy with, with the turn. So I feel like this is where you finish it off with All Out, where you got um, Jungle Boy Jack Perry finishing off Christian Cage. Uh, they battle all through the arena. Um, tables are involved. Chairs are involved. Christian goes for a concerto, and Jungle Boy actually gets out of it. Concerto is Christian and actually finishes him off with a splash through the table from the stage. Pins of one, two, three, and then you can move on to Jungle Boy Jack Perry to eventually winning some some gold before the year is out. So whether that be the TNT title, the All Atlantic, or even being the next number one contender for the world title, um, I, I think that's where you end the story between Christian Cage, and then Christian Cage can finally be like, "I'm done." He can retire. And he can actually work as a backstage producer, backstage coach with all the young guys coming through and everything like that. Oh, I like that. That's, I think that'd be a good way to end the feud finally because I think this feud's really been a year in the making at this point with uh, the injury. So with who knows what could happen at Revolution, if that can continue. Um, I have something a little bit later in my card involving Christian Cage. So I think it'll be interesting. I can't wait to share this one. All right. So... We pan to the ring. We see Justin Roberts. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Casino Battle Royale. Now, the wrestlers with these spades cards, please make your way to the ring. Okay? You have, some, you have, you have, the, all, you know, you have the dynamite uh, music hit. Um, out walks um, Ricky Starks, Brian Pillman Jr., A.R. Fox, Roosh, and Orange Cassidy will be your first five to start the match. Then your hearts come out. It's going to be Eddie Kingston, Keith Lee, Preston Vance, Dante Martin, and Jay Lethal. The clubs, you have Luchasaurus, Hangman, Pack, Austin Gunn, and Big Bill. Then your diamonds, you have Adam Cole, baby. You have Swerve. Then you have good old Slapnuts himself, Jeff Jarrett, Danhausen, and Colton Gunn. So the match, it, it gets really, really close. Okay, You have a lot of talent going everywhere, flying. Bodies are going outside of the ring. Okay, You're, And then you hear the Joker. Reach for the sky, boys. And out walks your Joker, Mark Briscoe. Okay? This just becomes a giant slobber knocker. Okay? He has the most eliminations of four. Okay, It comes down to your final four. You have Adam Cole. 
Mark Briscoe. Okay. You have Jay Lethal. And then to top it off, you have Roosh, who has just been one of the Iron Man in that whole match. Okay. It comes down to four of the pillars, I would say, of the ROH. Okay. So comes okay, so the final two you have um basically Roosh gets thrown out first by Adam Cole after a giant super kick off the top rope. Okay, so and then you basically come down to Adam Cole and uh, Mark Briscoe and Jay Lethal. Mark Briscoe hits Jay Lethal with a J driver. He then picks him up over his head and says, this is for Jay, and just throws him over the top rope. Now you have a good one-on-one match between Adam Cole and Mark Briscoe. Okay. These two know each other very well, so it's back and forth. Hits. Panama Sunrise kick out. J-Driver kick out. And finally, Adam Cole gets up, hits him with a V-trigger. Okay. He then picks him up and knocks him over the top rope. And Adam Cole, baby, is going on to challenge for the big world championship against MJF. That's very good. I feel like if you have, um, I feel like it's a good way to get um, Cole into the title picture. And then you have, you know, especially with Ring of Honor, hopefully at that time, picking up more steam momentum. I feel like that'd be a good way to help also promote uh, your Ring of Honor brand. Um, And then I have another good little thing for later. And I'll I'll show you why um, with the uh, Adam Cole moment. So, Connor, what is your match? Uh, mine uh, is actually a little bit similar to your last match. Uh, you had the Casino Battle Royal. <clears throat> last year, they had the Casino Ladder match at All Out. With, uh, well, MJF kind of returned in that match. Uh, not really, but kind of. Uh, he was the Joker. The Joker won the Casino Battle Royal. Uh, and it was later revealed it was MJF uh, as last year's All Out. Uh, but I have the same stipulation. Casino Ladder match. Uh, this match, uh, I said earlier, was hard to, to fit Chris Jericho, Brian Danielson, and <laughs> Hangman Page. So this match uh, helped with that a little bit. Uh, so the contestants are Keith Lee, Shane Swerve, and Helico, Brian Danielson, Ricky Starks, Action Andretti, Sean Spears, and Pac. Uh, and for a Joker, uh, this one's going to be... Uh, I don't know if I say controversial... But uh, I like controversy. Let's go. I have Austin Aries. Oh, I love Austin Aries. One of the greatest, greatest heels uh, in wrestling. Uh, Austin Aries and Brian Danielson had a very good match in a uh, AEW. Well, not AEW. Uh, Ring of Honor. Long, long, long time ago. Uh, but Austin Aries is part of the ROH brand. Which kind of uh, leads to uh, lanes uh, with Mark Briscoe being in the uh, single match, but I don't have uh, him winning. I have Keith Lee, Keith Lee winning the Casino Ladder match. Uh, basically, the same spot that Keith Lee and Wardlow went out of their the face of the, face of the Revolution Ladder match at Revolution Twenty Twenty Two, but this time it's uh, Brian Danielson and Angelico. And Keith Lee just throws him off, so he gets that revenge. Uh, what happened last time, which prevented him from winning uh, this type of match? 
Um, Going to have Kitoli uh, becoming the casino ladder match winner and going for a future AEW World Title uh, shot in the future with this match. Uh, most likely at a Grand Slam at that time, because uh, after All Out, it's normally like Grand Slam. Uh, so depending on if MJF still champion, the MJF and Keith Lee at Grand Slam. I like that, um, especially with Keith Lee. I feel like. He's one of the ones that I would love to see as some kind of champion in that company before he uh, retires or leaves. Um, he deserves a lot more credit than he is given. So I, I think that's a good way to get Keith Lee to be one of your main event guys, Connor. I like that. Yeah, I wanted to create that same spot where uh, it was Wardlow and uh, – no, it wasn't Wardlow. It was uh, – who was it? It was Keith Lee and uh, there was one spot in the Revolution – Basically, the Revolution Ladder Match 2022 and Keith Lee and oh, it was Keith Lee and Hobbs that got knocked off the stage together. Create that same moment this time. Keith Lee knocks them both off to get his revenge on that spot. Uh, and Keith Lee, I like uh, that. And I want one of them to be to be swerved because uh, they're feuding right now. Uh, hopefully, that feud will be over by September. <laughs> uh, but just to have flashbacks of that feud from doing it to him. Yeah, I like that. All right. Aiden, what is your number four match on the card? Well, mine's going to sound pretty similar to Connor's last match because <laughs> mine is also a casino ladder match, and it also has Keith Lee winning. So, wow. you know, that's, that's how the universe works, I guess. But, yeah, mine's a casino ladder match. It's not for the world championship, though. It's for a shot at Samoa Joe's TNT championship, and the participants oh, wow. include Powerhouse Hobbs, Keith Lee, Brian Cage, Dante Martin, Darius Martin, Ray Phoenix, and the debut of the Joker. And this is the only time I've speculated or made any kind of like outlandish prediction. I kind of saved all my my outlandish prediction points and put them into this. I didn't like predict on Osprey or Jay White or Ibushi or anything. But the debut of the Joker, Ray Mysterio Jr. Now hear me out. Wow. A man can dream. But in all seriousness, <laughs> according to Fightful from an article on February 7th, Rey Mysterio's contract is up in September 2023, this year. So it depends on the day the contract ends. If it ends on September 1st, he would be able to. But even if it does end before September 3rd, I doubt he would abandon his son in WWE. So yeah, I, this is just a, this is a fantasy book in part. This isn't really a prediction. But... This match's identity is really beefy boys with flippy dudes with multiple story beats going on. You've got Powerhouse Hobbs and Brian Cage coming face to face with team with uh, with Taz putting over how it was Hobbs who turned on Cage uh, when he was a member of Team Taz. And if you really want to put over, put Hobbs over as a, a dastardly heel, have Cage kind of help him out when he's being like double teamed or something, only for Hobbs to turn on Cage and feed him to the wolves, right? Just the exact opposite manner that Cage helped him. You've got Dante and Darius, two brothers who perhaps have a game of one-upsmanship when it comes to high-flying offense. But when younger brother Dante gets the upper hand, we can detect a glimmer of jealousy in older brother Darius's gaze. You've got Ray Phoenix and Ray Mysterio Jr., who have teamed and fought together in the past. Phoenix feels he's earned Mysterio's place as the face of Lucha Libre, at least in America, because I don't see anyone coming close to El Santo in Mexico. And then Keith Lee doesn't really have as deep a story beats going on, but he persists through all the carnage to earn a shot at Samoa Joe with the television. Ooh, I like that. That that sounds awesome. And I would love to see Rey Mysterio in AEW. I thought that was going to happen, but... Yeah, now but Dominic deciding to become a wrestler and go to WWE robbed us of it. 
Yeah. Okay. So, Dominic. So Rey Mysterio Jr., right? Not Rey. <coughs> well, Dominic Mysterio. Well, Rey Mysterio Jr. is Rey Mysterio. It's just that's what's uh, Rey Mysterio is oh. trademarked by WWE. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought we were going. But, yeah, I see what you mean now because he was Rey Mysterio Jr. before he was Rey Mysterio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Rey Mysterio. All right, Adam. What Rey do you got? Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so my match. Uh, this is where I put a women's title match finally on my card because uh, I haven't <laughs> talked about a women's title match yet. Um, and we're going to kick it off with the AEW women's title. Um, now, here out for this booking. Uh, you're going to start out as a triple threat match. Uh, you're going to have Jane Hader versus Britt Baker versus Soraya. Oh now, man! Before they start, no, before they start, Tony Khan comes out. This is the only time you'll see Tony Khan come out on screen on a pay per view. Okay, this is the only time you'll see it because eventually he's going to do it. He's going to want to come out on a pay per view or whatnot, and he'll say, "Listen, I know you girls are ready to fight, um, but I just got word that I have to add another participant to this match uh, who wants a rematch for a title." Here she is, and it's Thunder Rosa. Uh, if Thunder Rosa is all cleared by then, she steps up, and it becomes a fatal four-way now uh, between all four of those all four of those women. And um, it, it's crazy because then you finally get that face-to-face moment in the ring with Soraya and Thunder Rosa. Um, both, I wouldn't say controversial, but both bigger than life female wrestlers in the industry. Um, and obviously you also get the face-to-face re-encounter of Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa, who had a wonderful storyline, uh, for the women's title, um, even before the women's title. Um, so coming down to the end, you get Thunder Rosa getting very close to regaining the title. She never lost until Jamie Hayter comes out of nowhere. You know, Thunder Rosa, the blue thunder bomb, tries to pin Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter throws her out and pins her friend. Uh, Britt Baker to retain the AEW women's title. I like that. Um, especially with, I think Hater needs to have a good title run. And Adam, um, and you'll see why a little bit later, but I have a very similar booking um, to your match. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. a, I mean, and honestly, I mean, it's, it's, it, it, there's a lot of stories intertwined in that fatal four way uh, already. So, yeah. I feel like it'd be like one that you can continue throughout the year. Um, you, like I so said, you can have you know Britt Baker versus Hater, um, you know one on one before that, you know um, all in pay per view. So, and then have Soraya insert herself back into it and just revisit what's been going on now. So nicely done. Or, right? because, or, or because the moment you had, you could have Soraya break off and now go after Thunder Rosa because Thunder Rosa's basically been part of AEW for a long time too. Yeah. And the story of Soraya going after the old school, like the the day one AEW women. You know, she can kind of focus her attention on Thunder Rosa and be like, you know, you're one of these pillars and I hate you for it. So, <laughs> yeah, I think that's a, a pretty fair, uh, pretty fair um, um, idea there. All right. My number four. This one's not really a filler match, um, but this one is um, they could build up to it kind of like how Swerve and uh, Keith Lee was going. So I have um, Jungle Boy versus Hook. And Christian Cage will be in Hook's corner. So this is where I would start pushing Hook more on TV as a character and a wrestler. Um, I would have the two go at it back and forth, back and forth. Um, I would have Jungle Boy put Hook in for the um, 
snare trap. Um, but Hook gets out of it, counters, puts um, Jungle Boy in a chokehold um, because of a distraction by Christian Cage, and then um, have um, Jungle Boy tap out to Hook and have um, Hook continue on just a, just a dominant run like his dad did. It's really good. I feel like it, like it's, a, it's a very simple match story. It can write itself, and then that kind of uh, helps set the pace for my rest of my night where the next few matches are just going to be barn burners. So that's what I got. All right, uh, Connor, what do you got? I, um, like Aiden, uh, is it true uh, what's going on on Twitter? With what? Uh, the Dallas Mavericks court just get flooded. That's hilarious if that happened. Oh, no. Mark Cuban couldn't get out of the ACC due to a leak. I don't know what's going on. Oh, damn. Uh, but anyways, uh, I don't know what. Uh, my next match is a uh, match I think they've been putting off a long time with Sting. Uh, as you guys know, 2023 is the last year of Sting Wrestling. Uh, <clears throat> of course, it's a tag match. Um, this match uh, has two pillars and two legends. Uh, Sting and Darby versus Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. Uh, I feel like they're going to do Sting and Chris Jericho one more time before he retires. Uh, and this will be the perfect opportunity opportunity to do it. This kind of dream match. Uh <clears throat> I wish we could get Sting and Chris Jericho in a singles match, but I think this is the best we're going to get to it. Sting and Darby versus Chris Jericho and Sammy. Uh, I have Sting and Darby win, winning this one. Uh, I think it'd be a very good match to see Sting and Chris Jericho in ring since what? WCW? Probably. Uh, and to see two guys of the, of the future, Sammy, Guevara, and Darby Allen, two pillars. Uh, and basically, Sting is Sting and Jericho is basically passing the torch to both two new guys in that ring. Uh, yeah, I got Sting and Darby beating Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. I like that. Um, I feel like that actually could happen, especially with this being literally Sting's last ride as well. So, and I think Jericho, I think has, I think needs what one more match against Sting before he retires, even if it's a tag match. So. Yeah, I agree. That, look, that looks really promising. Uh, before we go on to the next one, uh, Ethan wants to get our take on something. I think we've talked about this before off air. Um, but Ethan what? says, is Vince coming back full-time as a creative? Uh, do you guys think that's going to happen? Uh, well, I heard that uh, he's back, but he doesn't have the final say-so in anything. Uh, Triple H gets to decide the decisions now. Uh, he gets the final say. But if Vince can squeeze his way back in to just being in creative, he can sneak his way back in to getting the final say. So, uh, yeah, I can see it happening. Yeah, he is majority shareholder, majority shareholder. So you really can't like do anything if he if he just decided to like want to be head of creative again. You can't really do anything unless the board is like, no, Vince, you cannot. But I doubt the board would do that. But, uh, you know, what, what do I know? I guess I don't know anything about the stockholders of WWE. It's crazy. No, and I agree. It's like five. Uh, no, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you can't, 
associate WWE without Vince McMahon. Um, I mean, it it's very hard to dis disconnect the man from what he built his baby, basically. Um, is he back to sell the company? Absolutely. Um, does he have a hand in in creative? From what I read, um, and I don't really delve much into the dirt sheets, but from what I've read, there are some sources saying that Vince does put some input in for creative, but it is Triple H that has final say with creative. Um, but but there is that little underlying, you know, scare, especially amongst talent, that Vince might be back somehow full time as creative. Um, and if it does, then it happens. And are you going to lose some 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 of the people over there? They're going to, yeah, you probably will. Um, but I mean, it's just it, you just have to see where it goes because we can all talk about this, but until it actually happens, all we're doing is speculating and just discussing it. Yeah, I've, it's it's gonna be crazy to see what happens. Like I said, I I, we were, I said last night on um, the Dynamite Watch Long is. We're basically in the middle of a wrestling renaissance right now, and there's a lot of crazy things happening that I would say probably trumps, um, almost would probably start trumping what stuff that happened uh, pre-Attitude Era when it comes to not just matches, but with crazy shock moments and issues and stuff going on. So, all right, Aiden. <laughs> you all right there, buddy? Sorry, man. This this tooth is killing me. <laughs> You're good, man. You're good. I'm freaking right. out. <laughs> Uh, yeah, get, get some water real quick, and then I'll, uh, I'll ask you. I can't open my water. There we go. <laughs> yeah, like I said, for those of you guys that are just joining us, um, Aiden has been so kind and generous uh, to show up for Talking Elite after a root canal surgery. Flu game, flu game. So, yeah, so Aiden is just toughing it out for us tonight. Oh, I'm not. Like, so his car, like I said, he 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 was he wasn't you know wrong about his car. Like he was very. Like when I saw that message pop up in our group chat, I'm like, "Oh man, he's got a root canal, and he's got a badass car to go that he's so confident in." I'm like, "Okay, this is this is great." All right, Aiden, take it away. Okay, so for I had these matches in a particular order, but I think it's been a while since I've discussed having a women's match, so I'm going to ch- change around my order real quick. For match five, I think that's where we're at now. I have Jamie Hayter versus Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, for the AEW Women's World Championship. And so this kind of banks on one thing, and it's that Mercedes Monet does not debut in AEW. Because if she does, I would nearly instantly put the belt on her, because that's just a huge star. It'd be great to have her as the champion. So this takes place sometime after the, hopefully we get it, women's blood and guts match between Team AEW Originals versus Team Outsiders. And so after that story... Hater gets back to defending her belt, and Britt essentially starts making challenges for her, kind of similar to what uh, what Billy Gunn did for the Acclaimed when he challenged the guns on behalf of the Acclaimed. And every time Hater wins, Baker starts looking at the belt for longer and starts insisting that she hold the belt while Jamie is wrestling. And eventually this leads to Baker securing a title shot for All Out where they both act like it's going to be just a mutual respect kind of match. But... Uh, Baker turns on Jamie and knowing she can't out wrestle Jamie tries her hardest to injure her arm in the heel turn beatdown, And so gritting her teeth through the pain, hater hits a hater aid to set herself free from the doctor. Dude, I like that. Great, uh, great lead up and great match. So cool, man. I like that. Good woman's match. 
and it's one that I think a lot of fans are you know, anticipating. So, yeah, I like that call. Okay, Adam, it's your turn. So I know before we went live, I said I only had nine. I'm improvise here and add my tenth right here. It's going to be in between two matches that I had, okay? Um, and this is where the Battle Royale comes in for a number one contendership for the world title. Um, I don't have particular orders or anything, but I do have an idea who, who comes down to the last four. All right? Um, you get um, Adam Cole in there. Uh, you get uh, Takeshi in there. Um, you have Rush in there. And then you have the Joker who finally shows up, which is going to be uh, Jay White. Um, so you get those four guys down in the final four. Um, there's some battle. There's some hanging on to the final ropes. And then it finally comes down to two guys that I think the crowd would really be behind. Um, and that would be Adam Cole and Takeshi. Um, and I think they get that little stare down and everything like that. The crowd's really into it. Um, and there's some back and forth. And Adam Cole finally eliminates the, uh, beats Takeshi and he wins the battle Royale and challenges for the world heavyweight title. Wow. That, oof. that had my heart going. <laughs> I, I was like, Again, Oh my gosh, what's going to happen next? I was on like the edge of my feet. <laughs> I had to, cause I only had nine. I'm like, I got to fit a battle Royal in there somewhere. Hey man, it works. You know, Hey, ECW, there's times where, you know, they added matches to the pay-per-view as they went on and, you know, they, they didn't announce it. So, yeah, but I, I think it's a good call. I, I really like I like the ending to your Battle Royale. Yeah. All right. So mine is going to be for the uh, World Tag Team Championship. Um, so I have the acclaimed as champions going up against Les Sex Gods with uh, Jericho and Sammy Guevara. Um, I have the acclaimed having uh, beating the guns um, at Revolution holding the belt for a good chunk of time um, why FTR is going be- and the going up against the elite. Um, so I had that set aside for later. Um, but I had the acclaimed versus less sex gods and uh, it's gonna be a good back and forth match you know beforehand of course Max caster you know does his whole rap um, calls um, calls out Chris Jericho. Um, saying that he's, you know, out of touch, he's an old man, you know, something along those lines. I'm not really good at freestyle rapping here. Um, but you have that go on. Um, you have a good back and forth. Um, Daddy Ass is um, ringside, of course. Good back and forth match. Um, 2.0 comes out, does a distraction for a near fall. Um, security literally throws out um, 2.0. Basically, they have to like tear them all the way back to the back. Um, so they keep they keep it on going. It's even match at this point. Um, Jericho then hits um, hits uh, Anthony Bowens uh, with the Judas effect. Sammy Guevara does a flip off the top rope, hits Max Caster, who was on the apron, getting ready to come in. Jericho pins um, for the one, two, three. Jericho and Sammy Guevara are your world tag team champions. I think with with the with the tag titles, I think you have to have um, another shock win. I feel like that will, and plus putting it on Jericho and Sammy, I feel like they're a team that very underrated, just because everything was the inner circle and uh, the JS. Where I feel like they're too like you know you don't see those two as much. But I feel like if you have those two focus on those two being a tag team, 
and then um, and then ha- have that lead up to FTR eventually taking the straps off of them. They're really good. I feel like I'm actually <laughs> watching the match. It doesn't help when um, I was listening to some fantasy booking podcasts the last couple weeks. So <laughs> <laughs> I've got, like I said, I've been kind of uh, getting an idea of how to like flow like uh, just a match in a brief short time. All right, Connor, what is your number five match? So my next match is a match that's never happened before. I don't think uh, if it has been at least two or three years, uh, 2020, 2021. Uh, I have John Moxley going against Powerhouse Hobbs in a first blood match. John Moxley Ooh. likes to bleed, so let's make a stipulation. If he if he bleeds, he loses. Uh, let's make it a stipulation. Like, he bled last night. He bled the week before. Bled the week before that. Uh, and I have Powerhouse Hobbs winning this match. Uh, I think Hobbs and Moxley can put on a good match and a good feud. Uh, this will be a good feud to get... Uh, Hobbs into things. Uh, you could have Moxley win, but uh, I think Hobbs needs a uh, big win. Uh, it could go either way, but it's been a good first blood match. Uh, you know, uh, I think it'd be a very good match. They both seem like brawler types. Um, yeah, I got Powerhouse Hobbs winning this uh, first blood, first ever first blood match in AEW. <laughs> and who else to put it in the John Moxley? I like that. I feel like that'd be a very stiff opponent for Mox. Um, it doesn't so make Moxley time, look weak, and I feel like you could push a rocket to to powerhouses back and just push him to the moon. So this time, Moxley doesn't want to bleed. He always likes to bleed, but this time, yep. match would end it for one punch. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Damn. <laughs> right. Wow. Um, that would that'd be a shocker. If like, they were able to, if like they could do that, everyone would be so pissed off. They did that. Like, uh, another for blading is like they like you, like you blade. And there's this glue, and you put it on your your forehead or wherever you want to bleed at. And if you hit them, if you hit them really really hard, they'll start bleeding. So that's what Kevin Owens did, Vince McMahon. <laughs> uh, All right. Um, Shrimp um, is actually one of my good friends. Thanks for watching, Shrimp. Um, hope you're doing great. And um, yeah, I think we're all doing good tonight, you know, besides Aiden. <laughs> oh, man, I'm doing great. <laughs> the sarcasm I hear in your voice. Aiden on the struggle bus right now. <laughs> I, I'm sitting right behind the driver, man. I'm telling you. But... Struggle bus. <laughs> all right. Okay, so we are halfway uh, through our cards. Um, Aiden, what is your number six match? My sixth match, Adam Cole versus Kenny Omega. And I'm not wow. going to lie, this is a way to just shoehorn yeah. two of my favorites into the card. And, like, I was, I was running out of ideas. But <laughs> they do have a, a story history to tell. Um, Omega oh, yeah. can bring up how Cole turned on the Bucks while he was gone trying to destroy the Elite. All right, I thought someone was trying to open my door. That was scary. Oh, never mind. Yeah. Hey, yo, what's up? But uh, um, yo, it's uh, sorry, I'm already just got back, but uh, sorry, I'm just talking to some people, but um, uh, yeah, so what was I gonna say? Yeah, Cole brings up how, or, sorry, Omega brings up how Cole tried to destroy the elite while its leader was away, and Cole says he knows he made a mistake, he let his pent up frustration and anger of being kicked out of the elite years ago 
just boil and boil. And he waited for the moment when it would hurt the most to take revenge. He regrets it. He made a mistake. He would take it back if he could. Why would you want to hurt your former friends like that? And this feud is pretty much Kenny unable to accept Cole's apology while also being jealous that he was essentially replaced while he was injured versus Cole, who's moved on and forgiven his own mistakes. Kenny yells that he should have stayed gone, and Kenny realizes that he's unjustifiably mad at Cole. He had, he had a reason to be angry, too. And so Kenny Omega, filled with rage, cannot beat Adam Cole, who wins this match and continues the feel-good babyface run. I like that. I like the stories there, again, with that one. You know, you'd have probably a six-star Meltzer classic on your hands with that with those two. And I feel like you haven't had really a chance for you know, repercussions of the Bullet Club turning on Adam Cole. So I feel like that would be a good tie-in for a good feud. So yeah, I could see it. I was really imagining that, like, that video package, and I got chills, man. I got chills. Uh, okay, Adam, take it away. Uh, so this is where the TBS title comes into play, and it's kind of the same booking you would have done, Lane. Um, so Ooh, Jay okay. comes out um, saying – I'm, I'm on this pay-per-view too. Um, they don't tell her who her mystery opponent is, but they say you got an opponent at all out. We'll let you know who. Um, all of a sudden, lights go down, everything, and then on the screen, um, you see a figure, like you said, in a hoodie, jump roping, everything like that, doing stuff in the ring, and then finally removes you know, the hood, and it's Chris Statlander, and, and it just says uh, – and it just says – um, all woman, Chris Statlander, and new music, new new everything, new ring gear, everything like that. She comes marching to the ring. Uh, Jade and the baddies are all like, "Oh shit, here we go!" Um, again, Jade and the baddies try to you know do some tactics to keep Jade a champion. Uh, Statlander, you know, eventually gets the upper hand, takes them all down, um, and then you know finally hits her move. Maybe she de- debuted a new finisher, um, everything oh, like really? that. Take the ease off her knees, new finisher, and pins Jade with it. One, two, three. And Chris Statlander ends the undefeated streak of Jade and becomes your new TBS champion. I like that. I don't know why, but I thought like Rocky there for a second. Like when I pictured Chris Statlander coming down to the ring, like I was, mm-hmm. I was picturing Rocky. So I, I like, like that I idea. Said- like I said, I think it's it's a good way since she's been gone. She can reinvent everything. I mean, you see people reinventing stuff it, it, for their ring stuff and everything like that. They and just they can come up with a new finisher, especially if it's something to do with her knee. Um, she doesn't have to do too many moves that involve her knees hitting that hard. Everything like that. She come up with something bigger to where it's like her back or something. Yeah, I, I think that'd be a good um, that'd be a good way to get Chris Allen back in, especially since she's had two crazy knee injuries back to back like that. Um, a reinvention would be great for. Her. I know we are, we saw hints of it um, with her going from the um, alien character back to basically um, I don't know I think David Bowie kind of themed with makeup. I can't remember, but I, I think you had I think you're onto something there and having um, a rebuilt Chris Allen to come out, new finisher, new music, you know the all woman. Um, you know, signage and new gimmick. I feel like that'd be awesome. <laughs> I feel like it'd be a dominant run. Yeah. All right. So I have the TNT championship up next. So I have uh, Wardlow winning the championship at Revolution. 
I feel like his build has, I feel like it's leading that direction now with his whole story and, you know, with his dad and everything. I feel like they're heading towards another Wardlow run, but I actually give him a good chunk of run for a few months. And then um, I would have uh, Powerhouse Hobbs challenge him. Um, no, like I said, no promos, nothing said, just a stare down between the two at um, Dynamite two weeks before. And then you go straight into just a just a business match where you have Battle of the Big Man. And that's how you promote it. The Battle of the Big Man, okay? You have, you know, Concerto versus Suplex versus the World's Strongest Slam. So Mar- so basically Hobbs for the win, okay? I think I'm going to have Hobbs go over here. But he'll pick up Warlow and do the World's sl- world Strongest Slam for the win. One, two, three. Mark Henry takes off his headset because he came out for commentary on the match, walks down to the ring, okay? The two big men are staring face-to-face, okay? Mark Henry looks at the championship. He then raises powerhouse Hobbs' hand in the air and yells, We got work to do, son! And then they go backstage, um, leaving a uh, confused... um, Concussed Wardlow staring up at the lights of what just happened. So I have Powerhouse Hobbs uh, beating Wardlow for the TNT Championship clean. There we go. I like that. I like that Mark Henry and Powerhouse Hobbs pairing. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. I feel so, like they're almost a spin image of each other when their career started, besides uh, the whole uh, May Young pregnancy with the hand thing, you know, I'm going to leave that out. Yeah, I I really wish uh, at one point it was um, oh, who was it? It was uh, I can't remember his name. I'm blanking right now. But uh, um, Hacksaw Butch Reed. That's who it was. It was he was talking about. I think it was before he passed. He said he would like pointed to Hobbs on a TV and said that's the next Hacksaw to his family. I think the name Hacksaw Hobbs, if they could get permission to get it, would be so good. Something like that. Hacksaw Hobbs. I think that sounds Hacksaw awesome. Hacksaw, Hacksaw Hobbs. I like that. Um, I, I feel like, yeah, I think that would be a cool name. Now, so does does Hobbs get the two by four? But this time, oh. well, uh, no, 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 I thought about Hobbs. <laughs> well, I, Butch Reed didn't. Uh, Butch Reed didn't have the thing. That was Jim Duggan. There's two people who were nicknamed yeah. Hacksaw. So. Nice. I like that. That's cool. That's pretty, that's pretty cool. Uh, so, my card's basically the same as Aiden's. Uh, my next match is Kenny Omega versus Adam Cole. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I don't think they're going to do that Devil or Nothing. So, Revolution made a place to do it. Uh, I don't see how they can escape not doing this match uh, this year. Uh, it's been a build. Yeah, it's coming right here. Uh, Cole and Omega, three minutes since 2021, once basically Cole got to AEW. Once he, after full gear, Kingdom Lake went, went off to the sunset. Uh, basically, something's that whatever everything Aiden said, like, uh, of course, uh, Adam Cole got was injured, uh, so Kingdom Lake could say, You left, you left the uh, like, you left our team high and dry, and we all needed you. Um, uh, most of that type of stuff. Uh, I don't know who I would have win here, but uh. I'm gonna go with the uh, Bastoff. Who would 
Oh, that, that guy was serious in matches, though, these two. So uh, I got Adam Cole picking up, picking up the win. This could go either way. Uh, I think they could put on a – possibly put on the match of the night. Uh, Adam Cole and Kenny Omega. I don't think these two have ever won against each other in any promotion, have they? Anyone know? I don't think so. I should check on cage match, actually. Yeah, go, yeah check on cage match real quick. But if they have, it's been years ago. Uh, so this is a dream match for AEW. Uh, but I got Adam Cole winning this one. Yeah, I feel like that would like that's um I like having Cole and Omega. I feel like that would be just a barn burner and I feel like that would be a good way to bring people back to AEW and have that spark. I'm not seeing any Adam Cole versus Kenny Omega. They've been in a few tag matches together, but not like one on one against each other. So there you go. So. First time ever match. Perfect. I like that. You guys are like you guys are like on each other's like wavelengths right now, man. Like you guys are like I'm curious to see to the broken I'm curious, see, I'm curious to see what his next match is because I thought we're gonna match again. I'm betting that, that a few of us are gonna have the same main event. I'm not gonna say what it is yet, but I'm betting <laughs> well, that a few of us are gonna I don't have know what same. your next match is gonna be, but whatever next match you're about to say, I bet I'm, I'm gonna have it. Uh this you one's kinda this one's kinda out there. I don't know if you'll have it, but match All seven right, for me. Man. Swerve Strickland versus Eddie Kingston in a Chicago street fight. I forgot to mention that this probably takes place in uh, at, from the Now Arena. All other all-outs have, so I'm assuming that it's gonna, TK is going to keep it consistent. Uh, some context. At some point, Eddie Kingston forms a sort of mutual respect with Darby Allen, And they start they, – when they team against like a common foe, I don't really have an idea for who it is. Just know it's based off of some kind of respect they have. And so for double or nothing, Darby and Swerve feud, which Swerve wins – and then on the next episode, with Darby out hurt, Sting confronts Swerve and his mogul affiliates, but the numbers get to him, and he's about to be beaten down. So Kingston makes the save, which angers Swerve to no end. Eddie has a match on Rampage, and afterwards, Swerve and his group come out and lay waste to him. Swerve stands over Eddie's body, says, stay out of our business, and so that really kickstarts the feud with Eddie Kingston and Swerve having almost a cartoon villain evil off, seeing who, could, seeing who can be more sick and twisted than the other. And so you, a few matches you can have for this buildup would be Swerve and Mogul Affiliates versus Eddie, Darby, and Sting. Uh, in the in the all-out match, Swerve may be cruel, but Eddie Kingston is more twisted, so he wins this match. And this sets up a lot of things. Primarily, it deepens Darby and Kingston's relationship, which is important because I would personally have Darby, uh, down the line, dethrone uh, Kingston when he is AEW champion. Hey, that's what happens in my head canon, but, you know, it's not important for this booking. <laughs> I like that. I feel like it's a good, a good lead up to you know potential story down the road, and then you have just a crazy street fight that's so much fun to watch Eddie Kingston in. Like he has some of the best brawls and fights in AEW, so that's a. <clears throat> I like that man. I, I could actually see that happening. I feel like that would be. I could see the barbed wire, the the bat, the chain, the kindle sticks, maybe yeah. a street sign. I needed some kind of like uh just crazy match because like i have the two out of three falls but that's not like there's no 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 thumbtacks in it i need some thumbtacks <laughs> need thumbtacks yeah. <laughs> always need thumbtacks mm-hmm. all right adam oh it's my turn oh boy uh so for my next match uh i'm finally gonna do the tag team titles um for this there's gotta be a little bit of a background if they're not back for revolution uh i, I see them winning it at double or nothing but for this match, I have uh, the Guns versus the Acclaimed versus FTR uh, for the World Tag Team titles. 
Um, like I said, if FTR doesn't come back at Revolution in that uh, four-way, I do see them coming back at All Out and possibly winning those titles off the guns. Um, on top of that, I do see the acclaimed and the guns continuing with their storylines with the titles. Um, so having, uh, the guns and the acclaim, these two young teams going against, you know, the best tag team in the world, um, and, and having this going down the wire, every individual in the tag team gets, a, you know, pretty much highlight their, their skills and everything else in the match, uh, where it comes down to, to where, uh, FTR um, comes down and wins the match um, and either uh, uh, retains the tag team titles. Again, this is all stemmed from if they don't do it at Revolution, they do it at uh, Double and Nothing where FTR wins the titles um, after taking some time off and doing all that. Um, having said that, if FTR do do it at Double and Nothing and, and win them, they retain them here. However, if they don't, I see FTR winning them here. At, um, at all out from either uh, probably acclaimed because if they do they pull the trigger on the acclaim getting the titles back at either revolution or double or nothing but again this all stem this all stems from when FTR comes back um, and like I said this also stems from that one match the trios match with CM Punk and FTR standing on the stage applauding and laughing at the elite for losing the titles to House of Black I dig it man I dig it it's like that's that has like three or four potential stories right there. I dig it. Good way, especially yeah. a good spot on the card too. Especially with that tag team, I feel like that's a good, good spot in the card where it's not going to get overcasted by a main event where it has its own standout spot. Mm-hmm. So nicely done. I like it. Um, my number seven match is going to be the, for the trios tag titles. So with this one, it's going to be House of Black as your champions versus Blackpool Combat Club. So this match is just going to be full of strikes, hits. Um, It's going to be pure chaos where the referee is going to be barely able to handle it. There's going to be strikes, hits on the outside. um, And it's going to come down to Malachi Black um, basically doing the um, Black Mass to John Moxley, knocking Moxley out cold for a referee stoppage, and House of Black retains the championships. Um, lights go out, lights come back on, and they have disappeared with all that's remaining in the middle of the ring is a tired Blackpool Combat Club. Um, after the match, um, Wheeler Yuta and Claudio are just so frustrated. Moxley's still out cold, selling that kick. But you see Wheeler, Yuta, and Claudio looking at each other. They're scolding each other. And Claudio bitch slaps Wheeler, Yuta, right across the face, saying, it's your fault we lost. You should have been more of a team player. But no, you were down in Ring of Honor for the last three TV tapings and was not focused on the match tonight. Okay, the two just start brawling. Just go at it, go at it, go at it. You know, And then you have John Moxley get up. He looks at the two, barely shows to keep him apart because he's been beat. And then next thing you know, Wheeler Yuta attacks Moxley from behind. Wheeler Yuta powders out. Claudio checks on Moxley. Wheeler, Wheeler Yuta heads up the ramp and gives the camera the bird and walks off, um, leaving the Blackpool Combat Club uh, down to two members, if not completely dissolved. 
I'll be right back. Uh, let me get my phone charger real fast. You're good. Yeah, so that, that's going to, I think it's going to happen eventually this year, but I think the, the Blackpool Combat Club will split up this year eventually. I, I think that's fair. Um, I could see, I don't know which groups like, or which members stick together afterwards in the Fallout, or if any of them do. I, I could see Wheeler, Yuda, and Claudio sticking together because they have ROH titles, so you'd probably want to keep them together for ROH, but those are the only two I see. I see Brian Danielson going on his own. I see Moxie being on his own. I mean, they essentially had a ton of heel angles last night with with choking out evil, a bleeding evil Uno. That was crazy. Like, the whole night last night was just, just – it was probably one of the best dynamites I've seen in a while. It had a lot of angles, and it had a lot of good storytelling in it. Uh, That's why I don't get why people are complaining about it and saying that there's no buzz about AEW anymore. But when you have a good show like last night, you had a bloody evil Uno. Um, you had a tease of a Blackpool Combat Club heel turn as well. I mean, the, the reason people say that is because there's there's way more engagement in people who dislike AEW who want to who want to interact with those dislikes of it rather than people who want to interact with the likes of it. That's why Cornette gets so many viewers on his on his podcast where he just talks bad about AEW. I guarantee you that half of the people who are saying, oh, AEW is going to die, that they're either, A, people who just only want WWE to exist, which is horrible for the business as a whole, or just people who are just have nothing better to do. Well, Maya says sounds awesome. Yeah, I think, uh, I think that's going to be a good uh, pay-per-view uh, match. And I think all of our, um, this whole round of uh, matches have been just, like we keep up, 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 upping our pay per views. So thanks, Maya, for watching again. Good to see you. Um, um, do any of you guys have anything on Reddit for us? Uh, I have a subreddit called Booking the Elite, but that's just what I post. Uh, that's just what I post. What's it called? Just fantasy bookings, and I haven't posted one in a while. So oh, cool. Well, thank you um, for checking us out. I appreciate. It. We uh, if you haven't already, um, hit like and subscribe down below. Um, we're trying to get you know to 500 subscribers this year, and the more subscribers we get, the more wrestlers we can have on the podcast. Um, so thank you for uh, watching the show. And um, Connor, what is your next match? So my match is basically uh, I don't know if Aiden said it, but I know Wayne and Adam said it. Uh, Chris Statlander versus J.D. Cargill. Uh, the only thing is I didn't have a um, great interest planted like you guys thought out. Uh, but uh, I like the Rocky uh, type entrance that basically I got those vibes off of Lanes and Adams. That Rocky vibe, uh, in, that special entrance. Uh, I got Chris Statlander winning. Uh I hope this match, I give it more time than I did Jaden and Athena, which should have been, it's was, it was only three minutes long, what it felt like. But I hope this was at least 10, 15 minute match. Uh, and hopefully, uh, Jade, I mean, uh, Stellander wins it. Uh, but I thought this is, uh, they could definitely, this is definitely long term storytelling if they're going to save it for Stellander. Uh, what she does is they're become the next TS champion. Uh, yeah, I got uh, Stylander versus Jade. I feel like it's a good spot in the card, um, and I would love to see more out of Jade. And if you know her matches recently have been anything, I feel like that'd be a good spot for her to shine, and then have finally have Chris Statlander beat her. I feel like that would be a good, good storytelling, Connor. I like it. 
I like how like I think like I like how all like I think how we're all on the same wavelength with the with uh, Jay losing to Chris. So, yeah. All, all right, Aiden. So for my match eight, I have the House of Black, the trios champions versus the Good, the Bad, and the Hungy for the AEW trios titles. So obviously, that's uh, that's John Silver, Alex Reynolds, and Adam Page. Okay. And so this feud is built around Malachi Black in the house wanting Hangman Page to sacrifice his relationship with the Dark Order in order to grow stronger. And you'll see why I say sacrifice in a bit. But throughout this feud, Malachi Black never calls Adam Page Hangman. Rather, he calls him Hanged Man, a reference to the Hangman Tarot card, which is what this feud is going to be based on. See, the Hangman Arcana is, depicts a man strung up by his right leg hanging upside down the card's meaning is one of sacrifice, usually in order to move forward. The hangman suspends himself upside down in order to gain a new perspective. And so Black cuts promos like, hanged man, you are suspended in time, not sure what you need to do in order to move forward. Let us help you. And so they try to make hangman turn on Dark Order to join the House of Black because you know, that's it's, it's simple, but it has a lot of imagery that I think Malachi Black would do really well with being associated with. And so Hangman and Dark Order are trying to continue to mend their friendship as Hangman has essentially neglected his friends. They were with him when he won the AEW World Championship. They had his back against the Elite. They had his back against Blackpool Combat Club right now. And every opponent that Hangman has faced, they've had him. But when the Dark Order had their first chance at gold against the Elite, Hangman essentially stood idly by. And if you want to look at it as taking the Elite side, he kind of did. Dark Order tell Hangman how they feel and say that he just hasn't been the greatest friend of them. And so Black says, I know your soul is not tainted, even though you've been told so. Shout out to Ghost, because I stole those lyrics from Cerise. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Dude, you made, like, two good references. Uh, Real quick before you continue, um, (laughs) Shrimp just mentioned that. Is that a persona? Yeah, that is. That (laughs) is best character EY. There we go. All right, man. Anyways, sorry, continue. And, uh, the house wants to take advantage of Hangman's fragile mind to control. And throughout the match, we see Dark Order and Hangman's offense not really have the chemistry we know they can have. And But closer to the end, it starts getting going again. And so in the closing spot, we see John Silver and Alex Reynolds take out both Buddy and Brody. I would love to see Silver lift Brody King. That would be amazing. I know he can. And But both of them are taken out by Malachi Black. And as Black is about to finish off Silver, Hangman makes the save but he sacrificed himself by eating some of Black's offense, putting him on the back foot. And so the hanged man did make a sacrifice. It was just his own body for his friendship, not his friendship for to grow stronger. So the good, the bad, and the hungry, even though they lose this match, win in the sense that the House of Black did not get what they want to corrupt hangman. Wow, that that's I like that storytelling. That that really ties into the occult. Um, I love that reference. Um Wow, that's uh, I'm speechless, man. That one, that one, I was not expecting actually. That was a, I like, uh, yeah, state. everything. I was gonna say, if anything, part two is of booking the elite. That's it right there. Uh, I've been editing our first episode, and a lot of that in deep uh, storytelling was a glimpse of booking the elite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I, I've wanted to connect the, the tarot cards to Malachi Black ever since he brought up uh like the judgment or the justice, whichever one, I think judgment is supposed to be what Buddy Matthews is. And so hanged man, hanged man, it just works so perfectly. I think you can't not do it. 
Yeah. Okay, Adam. Uh, so I actually now have a Ring of Honor title on the card here for All Out, and I actually have Hangman Adam Page versus Claudio uh, for the Ring of Honor World Title um, on this card. Um, I think it continues the story of Hangman Page and Moxley finishing up their, you know, their uh, Texas Tornado match at Revolution or Texas for Texas Death match uh, at Revolution, but. Hangman kind of continues his story along with the Blackpool Combat Club uh, with each member. Um, I think the next one he steps in the ring with is Wheeler Yuta. Um, I think Claudio holds on to that Ring of Honor title for a while, um, possibly until all in, uh, where he loses it to someone. Um, but I think for this, you could put him in a good match with Hangman Page. Um, and this is another good continuation of the story between um, the Dark Order and Blackpool Combat Club, um, especially what we see with Evil Uno, you know, showing that, hey, the Dark Order is not a comedy anymore. We're a serious team. Uh, he showed that a little bit in his match with, you know, um, Moxley last night, you know, willing to bleed uh, for his, 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 his friends and, you know, basically – his friend to Hangman Page. Um, and you saw that with Hangman Page coming out to be like, hey, that's my friend, you know, um, and everything like that. Um, so I think after, you know, this match is over, um, I think uh, you, you see Claudio finally going round one with Adam Page, Ring of Honor, um, world title. I see Claudio retaining the title, but at least him and uh, Hangman get that little bit of respect. Um and I also see a John Moxley appearance uh, coming out where he finally shakes hands with Paige and they kind of bury the hatchet and show that respect for each other as well. I like that. Wow. Good storytelling too. Man, you guys are really like knocked it out of the park with this round. Good job, both of y'all. Um, Adam, I, I like I like having I like having that good story with Evil Uno. And I'm glad that I feel like now the dark world is gonna be a lot more serious now. Yeah, I know you, you get a sense of it too. I mean, when you know you saw the with the promo of Evil Uno he did with Moxley before Moxley challenged, you know, Paige to the Texas Death Match, you saw the seriousness in Uno. So I do feel like that Dark Order is finally gonna take that serious route that they were always supposed to be. Yeah. All right. So my next match is uh, the women's world title match. Um, it's going to be a triple threat with champion Jamie Hayter going against uh, Britt Baker and Soraya. So you knew that Britt Baker and you know Jamie Hayter, eventually something was going to start between the two. You knew there was going to be some turmoil between the two. Um, so Jamie Hayter just goes on a winning tear, um, starts with blood and guts. You have a little animosity because um, Jamie Hayter actually surrenders Soraya at blood and guts where it's so you so and while Britt Baker was trying to um to ha surrender out or tap out Tony Storm so you have you have that you have kind of the two kind of split away a little bit they'll come together a little bit to tag here and there and help each other out with stories but you kind of have uh Baker and Hader kind of go their separate ways where Hader just keeps building up her wins but then you have uh Britt Baker going um against everybody almost in that women's division um, you have her beat the bunny, you have her beat, you know, Penelope. You just have her stack up those wins to where in the rankings um you have the two stare down 
where Baker says, I have my ratings up. I am the number one contender, whether you like it or not. So the two look at each other. They shake hands. They don't they don't try each other yet. And they go into the next week on, on Dynamite. Next week on Dynamite, uh, Tony Khan comes out saying that, well, right now, unfortunately, we have a tie in the rankings. We have Soraya and Britt Baker both having the same amount of wins and losses. So those two women will go one-on-one in the main event, and the winner will go and face Hater at All Out. So match, you know, that pre-match is back and forth. Um, it's even. Baker gets Soraya for the lockjaw, but right before Soraya could tap out, time limit draw. Tony Khan later makes a announcement via YouTube saying that due to a time limit draw, it'll be a triple threat match at All Out. So you have the match, okay? Um, basically, it's every woman for themselves, okay? You have Soraya playing that heel. She powders out, so it's Hater, Baker, Hater, Baker, okay? Soraya comes in, puts her up for the page turner, Baker then gets Soraya for the lockjaw. Soraya's about to uh, tap out. Baker comes in. Break, or Sorry, Hater comes in, breaks it up. And then t- she does the Hater raid to Britt Baker. Hey, and stuns Britt Baker. And then, without a glove, because Hater is so hard, she goes to Soraya. And she puts on the lockjaw. Soraya taps out to Jamie Hayter with the lockjaw. Britt Baker is pissed. She starts wailing the champion. She starts going after Hayter. Okay, Hayter then gets up and does a backstabber to Baker. Baker, Soraya are just laying in the ring while a bloodied Jamie Hayter wipes the blood off with, a, with an evil grin, raises the championship, walks back, and that, my friend, is the women's triple threat match for All Out. I like that. I like the visual of the bloodied champion. I think that mm-hmm. there's just something about like someone standing tall, covered in blood. Think about like the like the Becky Lynch uh, photo from mm-hmm. it was some time building up to Survivor Series, I think. Right? It was like when she had her nose busted open. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's like that's mm-hmm. star making stuff, you know. I feel like that would be a good visual. And then at um, full gear, then you have the payoff match with Baker and Hater. So I think that's how you can lead up to it, where you can have that story kind of tell all year round, but it keeps it fresh, and then it just pays off at the end of the year with that big, broader picture for the smart fans. The seeds have been planted. I, I think that's a good way to uh, go into your next pay-per-view. Oh, did Connor's internet die on him again? I think so. He'll he'll be back. I think. Yeah. All right. Well, why waiting for Connor? Um, I'm gonna go to P Dog. Yeah, uh, there we go. Watching P Dog. Um, what do you guys prefer, women's division or ladies division? I, I always say women's division. division. I say women's. Yeah. <laughs> yep. No, no yeah. more of this. Give diva a chance. Shit. It's 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 women. It's women's mm-hmm. wrestling. That's what it is. It's women's wrestling. There's a there's a respect, not a ladies division. Yeah, it almost sounds. Yeah, it doesn't. I feel like women's just more proper as well too. I feel like women's just comes off more proper and more serious. 
yeah, stronger. You, you, you want to call it the dudes division? <laughs> yeah, yes. that's actually really. Yes, funny. division is now called the dudes division. The bros division. <laughs> bros division, bro. And Matt Riddle will be the champion. <laughs> no, but I, I kind of think it's WWE your turn for twenty twenty four. We're on we're on match nine, right? Or like, uh, Connor, you're gonna do your match eight, right? Yep, and then. Okay. Yeah. Making sure that I timed everything, that I, I did everything. <laughs> You're good, man. You're good. So my next match is for the AEW Tag Team Championships. I haven't had a cut on the line in some time throughout my card. Uh, I got, uh, well, the TBS title. Uh, I got the tag team titles. I have FTR walking in uh, as tag champions. Uh, I think they'll come back before or after all uh, double or nothing. Um I have FTR walking in, walking in as champions in a triple threat tag team match. Uh, FTR versus Aussie Open versus the Young Bucks in a triple threat tag team match. Um, if anyone has seen the FTR and Aussie Open from New Japan Pro Wrestling, match was an amazing match. Very uh, good match. Five-star match. Uh, and the Young Bucks, uh, someone else put it, uh, I want to see Young Bucks and FTR on maybe one-on-one or triple threat tag team match. Uh, get the match they deserve. Uh, I don't think they've gotten that match yet. Uh, that that went on dynamite, but went one without any time limit. Don't have to worry about time or anything. Uh, and Aussie Open, I think they're going to get signed by AEW uh, here pretty soon. Uh, I think Will Ospreay will come to AEW, but I didn't play him on this card because I don't know where to go. Uh, but I have Aussie Open in this match. I think this will be an amazing match. Uh, I have FTR retaining the tag titles um but uh after the match is over uh we get carrie von eric uh is, isn't that the one that's still alive carrie yeah, von eric i think so uh, him yeah. coming out him coming out and his two sons with him uh they go in the ring and basically a stare down uh looking at their tag titles uh and we get a old school feel uh all out um uh, with this, uh, I believe uh, someone posted on Twitter uh, that, that the Von Erichs were well, the ones in MLW, the new Von Erichs, uh, the brothers in MLW, we free agents pretty soon. So I feel like this match will be a great match for either a Dynamite or a Grand Slam or anything really. To, like this would be a very, very instant classic match. I like that. I like having that visual of the Von Erichs um, coming out and. You basically see, you know, the next generation of a, of a tag team versus, you know, basically tag team wrestling old school. I like that. Like that would be a cool yeah. like visual of FTR holding up the belts in front of them, being like, "Let's go! Come on, come get some." Oh, and uh, FTR is covered in blood when there is those tag titles. Nice. <laughs> All right. Well, we got. We, we are down to our uh, last two matches of the night. So this is where it's probably going to get just even more crazy. So, Aiden, what is your number nine match? Well, I don't mean to let y'all down, but my number nine match, because it follows a normal formula, usually a, a cool-down match. It's, and it's not that much of a cool-down match. I hate using that term. It almost feels like derogatory to whoever's in it. But this one... Everyone else has already said it. Jade Cargo versus Chris Statlander for the TBS championship. And I feel like these two could put on a really fun, maybe eight-minute match just full of power moves. I think that that would be both of their fortes. 
Jade finally loses the TBS championship, ending her reign at, at this point, because I'm predicting this takes place on September 3rd of this year, because that's the day before Labor Day. Uh, ending her reign at 606 days, and Chris Statlander ushers in a new era for the TBS championship, one focused more on work rate wrestling. I like that. I think a good way to uh, split it off and start the new era, and you still have a crazy dominant run from Jade, even though most of us complain about it. <laughs> I like it. I feel like it'll be at least a memorable, like her number wise. I think after a couple years of hopefully improvement, we will forget about all the trouble she had. But yeah, she was a yeah, she was one of the stables of AEW for a little bit there. Mm-hmm. All right, Adam, what do you got? Man, I uh, I know I was kind of itchy on this one because I don't know how much longer the story's gonna go. But I got Chris Jericho versus Ricky Starks in a steel cage. Oh, okay. Uh, and just because I know, um, I know because we're about to get that revolution match with JAS being banned, but that doesn't say anybody else showing up to help Chris Jericho win um, at Revolution. Um, someone who's not a member of JAS yet. Um, for that, I don't know who it would be, but I just that's what my senses are telling me. Um, but um, I feel like this would be a good retelling of their rivalry and everything like that, and it'd just be a good payoff match. Um, everything like that, and and finally, it could be Ricky Starks finally beating someone who's been in this profession for so long in Chris Jericho, uh, the Ocho Chris Jericho. Um, and, and it's also someone like Chris Jericho who's putting younger talent over um, like he did with Action Andretti. Um, this would be something to put, you know, Ricky Starks over now. Um, everything like that to where Ricky Starks and finally win some individual gold um, before the year's out. Um, I actually see Rick, Ricky Starks winning the TNT title at all in. Um, after this feud over with Chris Jericho at All Out. so Yeah, I can see that. I think that's a good way to put Jericho on the card. Um, like Aiden said, it's a good transition into the main event. So especially a steel cage match, I feel like, I feel like that'd be awesome. All right, so mine, um, we're going to go to the AEW Championship match. So the world title's online here, folks. You see... A vignette. You see black and white. You see a skateboard and a baseball bat with two figures scratching the pavement as as they walk towards the arena. It pan, pans out. And you see it's MJF and Stokely Hathaway. Mm. So they look at they look at they look at like not this time, Darby. And music hits. Darby comes out on skateboard with Sting and Toe, and then MJF's music kits. MJF comes out. He is basically wearing a black scarf, black trunks, and he's got the uh, basically Darby's face paint um, painted on half his face just to play some mind games with him. Um, so the match starts, and Darby just Boom! Cannonball is right in MJF, knocks him into the turnbuckle. You know, Darby just just hammers, just hammers MJF with elbows. Okay, he's hammering him, hammering, going after that nose and that head, right? So MJF gets a little, he starts getting bloody right away. Okay, Darby then gets up, 
and does a flip off the top rope and lands right in between um, Max's legs, hitting his bullocks. Okay. <laughs> so MJF powders out um, before Darby can get into the middle of the ring to pin. Um, Darby rolls out. He slingshots Max into the barricade. Okay. Max is in pain. This is the most painful that he's ever felt since his match with Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson. Okay. Finally, Max has Stokely Hathaway get involved, distracts the referee, and he Max grabs a chair and whacks Darby right in the head with the ham with, with, with the chair. Darby's busted open, Max is busted open. They're just going at it. Finally, the two get back into the ring. They're rolling around. Darby gets Max up for the stunner, but Max counters, gets him in the salt of the earth, gets him to the ground. Darby taps out for one, two, three. Max then raises his title. He then looks at Sting, and he's like, old man, you're next. Sting looks at him, doesn't know what to say. He looks at Darby, gets in the ring with Max. They face off. Okay, MJF looks at Sting. Sting looks at MJF. And then next thing you know, MJF rolls out and heads back, leaving Sting pointing at Max with that baseball bat in hand, setting up your next big championship feud. Hopefully, hopefully for either um, Full Gear or um, what was that special they have in New York with the um, Grand, Slam. Grand Slam or setting up for Grand Slam. So I have um, MJF beating Darby for the world to retain the world championship with um, a Sting callout. It's good. I like uh, that this idea. one. Yeah, I feel like I feel like you need to have Sting have at least one title opportunity before he retires. That's fair. <laughs> so I always I would just worry about like uh, a Seth Rollins Sting Night of Champion situation. He yeah. doesn't need to take a buckle bomb. No one needs to be doing that move. No buckle bombs. Well, Seth Rollins, especially, he doesn't need to be doing it. Because uh, Brian Cage has that move. He hasn't tore someone's life up. So True. Rollins does not need to be doing that move uh, to anyone. Yeah, uh, he's like I don't think so. He, it's not like one person. It's two people. Uh, Finn Balor and Sting. Hmm. All right, Connor. What's your number nine match? So, I'm going to have to do two matches on this one because I had 12 matches on the main card uh, to uh, make even. Uh, so, my next match is for the trios titles. Um, the House of Black are trios champions walking into this. And the people going against them, who they're going against, is not a team that a lot of people would <clears throat> predict. Um uh, you have Andrade, Rouge, and Preston Vance uh, going against the House of Black. Uh, this match, uh, there's a lot of good singles matches you have before this match. Buddy Matthews, Rouge, uh, Malachi, and Preston, Preston and Brody. Uh, there's a lot of singles matches you can do with all that. Uh, but I have, I have House of Black retaining the tag titles. Uh, I thought this would be a very good match. Uh, putting Andrade back in the mix. Uh, by that time, hopefully, he's uh, got his act together. Uh, <laughs> we can hope. Stuff like that. And hopefully, uh, he's back from his injury, or because he is injured. 
uh, again, uh, which, uh, yeah, that's that, uh, House of Black versus Jody Roosh. Uh, what is their name? Like, uh, Jody and Roosh and Dragon Lee. Facción and Gobernable. They could call it something <laughs> like that for short, for short, like that. Maybe take, uh, may change a little bit because Preston's in it. Uh, well, I mean, they so, call it. They call. They still call it LFI when they're with uh, Preston. Preston. That's good. Uh, I think uh, Roosh and Preston. Uh, well, Roosh especially. These are the big match uh, on a pay per view. Uh, but my next match is for the AEW Women's Championship match. It is Jamie Hayter walking in as champion, going against Britt Baker. Uh, I think this match could be. Basically, that same type of uh, could be could match Tony Storm and Jamie Hayter or tie or pass above it. Uh, these two have a long, 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 long story. That's when it, that's so long from time and space. Uh, it's so long uh, that it's it's got to be a, such a good match. Uh, I have Jamie Hayter winning this match, uh, but her. Uh, both are bloody in the match. Uh, and Jamie Hayter beating Britt Baker with their own submission hold. Uh, what is it called? The uh, uh, what, what is Britt Baker's submission? Oh, uh, Lockjaw. Lockjaw. I have her, Jamie Hayter beating her in her own uh, submission hold. Yeah. I think I feel like that would be a good way to uh, to really either heat up the feud continuing or to finish off the feud, especially with all the payback. Um to Baker, so I think that's yeah, I think that's a good way to finish it. And uh, you guys remember how uh, the Young Bucks basically let Kenny Omega win, make, make Kenny Omega lose at full gear? Like, yeah. they have this, this could go wrong or bad, but Rebel doing the same thing to Jamie Hayter, like, just just ender. I'm tired of being called Reva type thing, <laughs> yeah. Very talented, uh, <laughs> you know, she's a very talented makeup artist backstage now, apparently. She used to be really good in ring. I, I, I remember seeing people. I remember seeing people talk about her makeup work. All right. Yeah. So um, before we get to our um, our last our main event of our cards, um, we go to the quick comment section. Um, P Dog back to his previous comment about the women's division or ladies division says I agree, but his friends say otherwise, which is interesting. Um, Ethan loves uh, he loves the idea of the Von Erichs and FTR so I think that was, that was a cool booking on Connor's part as well um, P-Dog asks just to piss off Connor what about Marie uh, she will be on the um, autograph signing uh, the day before for all access and maybe have a squash match um where the bunny uh, beats her, so we'll 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 say that she's think, uh, someone on the weekend, but not an actual show. I think Aiden had her in the uh, casino. Oh, he did have her in the casino. I forgot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's a very forgettable talent, unfortunately. And then, um, oh, is this one of your family members, Connor? Yeah, that's uh, Cody. Yeah, well, <laughs> hello, Cody. My Thanks for watching. I don't um, know what he's saying. I don't know if this is like an inside joke, but Ford Cylinder is the Ford, or Ford Cylinder the. Uh, I don't know what that means. Found on road dead. I don't know what the. I don't know what that's supposed to reference him to, or. 
Ford cylinder <laughs> the Ford. That's what it's referencing. <laughs> well, thanks, Cody, uh, for watching. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> thanks for uh, supporting, you know, Connor. And, you know, I love that. Because my little brother, a... I've asked him, he doesn't want to watch. Is that a uh, themed match, like Cinnamon Toast Crunch match, but the Ford cylinder, <laughs> the Ford? Ford cylinder, Ford cylinder the on the Ford match. And people actually, like, I think WWE would literally book a Mickey Mouse Clubhouse match. <laughs> WWE would do it. Yeah, probably. Really? A Mickey Mouse Clubhouse match, making it to a big uh, bouncy mm -hmm. house. And it'd be The Fiend versus, uh, I don't know. Goofy Hill, you know? You get a steel chair. <laughs> hey, 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 Michael Cole. <laughs> look how fun they're Look how much fun they're having. Oh, it's a slobber knocker. <laughs> Mickey on commentary would be generational. Um, right? That would be amazing. Um, all right, everybody. So say it with me now, all the innocent. Mm. Like Mark Henry, it's time for the main event. Golly. <laughs> who was who making those goofy noises? Who? <laughs> <laughs> he was doing goofy. I was doing <laughs> There you go. That's good. We're going to have to do that spoof eventually one of these days. Like, we'll have to do a pre-recording of that and do the and do me and uh, me and Adam on commentating as uh, Goofy and Minnie. Or Goofy Mickey. He broke him in half. My God. Man. Oh, my God. Oh, oh my God. Oh, poor Fiend. He, he was such that doesn't sound right anymore. That doesn't sound appropriate anymore. It was not appropriate. mine out of the gutter. Okay, guys. It's time for our main events of the card. Now, like I said, we have not seen any of each other's matches, okay? So this, these main events are probably going to be crazy brainchilds of the craziest people on the All Elite Zone podcast when it comes to booking. So, Aiden, let's go. I'm, I'm actually predicting that at least one of y'all is also going to have this as the main event. But for me, match 10, the champion MJF versus CM Punk returning for the AEW World Championship. So in my – I don't think uh, – okay, I'll, I'll get to that later. But MJF's bidding war of 2024 story is still going on. But it's not just I hate this place and I want to leave, even though that is the majority of it. He also wants to make sure AEW is in good hands. So after Revolution, after he faces Brian Danielson, he says that if I'm going to lose, it's going to be to someone from this company. Because unlike Tony Khan – going and giving his money to anyone who comes from the Fed. <laughs> I actually care about this company. And then th this idea is, uh, I've kind of adapted this from Adam Blompier's uh, booking, which is very, very good. I highly recommend checking it out. And so this context is important because it demonstrates the, comp the complexity of MJF's character, someone who feels he's been burned by AEW, but still wants to see it thrive. He's, all of his promos are, feel like a cry for help at this point, especially him talking about yesterday, about how the only thing he feels he has is the AEW World Championship. And so the, this idea of MJF caring about AEW is going to be one of the layers to the story. And I firmly believe that CM Punk is coming back. I just don't think it's going to be before or during Double or Nothing 2023. I feel that it will be after. 
And I assume this because none of the venues that AEW is running until Double or Nothing seem like a good enough stage for his return, whether it be location-wise or venue-size. Obviously, it doesn't mean he can't debut. It just means I feel like he won't. But his return is similar to his debut in the company, where it's a bunch of rumors and teases. The only difference is that there isn't a whole show for, like formed specifically for his return like the first dance. But uh, he returns He at the start of the show. He says that there's a lot to talk about. But that is not between him and the audience. He says there's someone he has to apologize to. And before he can say anything, MJF's music hits. He comes down silently, just staring at Punk. Punk raises the microphone to his mouth and says, I'm, but before he can get a word, another word off, MJF hits him with the diamond ring. He takes the microphone and says, I am so disappointed in you before he starts wailing on Pepsi Phil. And that's a callback because if you remember the first words that Punk said to MJF were, I'm so disappointed in you. So he's mirroring Punk here. And so there's a lot of layers to this story. You could have Punk telling MJF that he's proud of him now saying, I'm so proud of you. If you want to just, if you want to again, go off of that. And uh, Punk says, or MJF says that Punk doesn't get to be proud. He had no hand in MJF's success. He succeeded despite Punk. And Punk responds, that's why he's so proud. He made it even without him. You've got MJF being right about CM Punk, how he took his ball and went home after nearly wrecking the company. He clearly doesn't care about AEW. MJF says that he will defend AEW from CM Punk. Punk says he's here to elevate everyone, but he did not care about the collateral damage that brawlout would cause. CM Punk walked out on MJF again. When MJF needed him the most to immortalize his reign, CM Punk disappeared again. All Out 2022 was supposed to be my night from front to back, and you took it away from me. That's what MJF says. He's so desperate to get his hands on Punk here, and he, he just agrees to do whatever is required to fight Punk. He faces FTR. He faces... Uh, you could even do a, a 10 lashings if you want. I think that would be a really good segment. He's just determined not to live in CM Punk's shadow anymore. Punk says that MJF doesn't deserve to face CM Punk, that MJF is just a whiny rich kid whose biggest problem with the company was that he wasn't getting paid enough. He says that MJF doesn't care about AEW. He almost walked out on Double or Nothing and overshadowed Wardlow. MJF is, like, shocked by that. What about Punk overshadowing MJF on, at Brawl Out? MJF tells Punk that he has become Cena, and he is going to take what, uh, what means the most to him, which is the fans. And so... And that's kind of what I what I was going for when I said that Punk says that he's just a whiny rich kid. How it's <laughs> it's a really shallow, corporately kind of created thing. That's what Cena was in that feud. Whereas Punk in the Cena feud was so much more of a meta character with more real life around him. That's what MJF is here. So despite Punk's best efforts, MJF retains the AEW World Championship. I like that. That's uh, has good story going into the uh, pay per view. I pretty much, I guess that was going to be something with CM Punk, but man, like that story sent chills. Like, yeah. it was so personal between the two. And then bringing in the Cena reference, you know, calling, you know, saying how both overshadowed, one overshadowed Wardlow, the other one sh- overshadowed, you know, you know, MJF's return. Like, I feel like that was, I feel like that's a good way to, especially a blood feud, I feel like it's a good way to lead into, you know, a one match. And then, or another, maybe two down the road after that, 
and continue that story. Like Connor was saying, like it's one of those stories that you could pretty much tell for a couple pay-per-view cycles or almost a whole year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is uh, this is a feud that uh, man, I wish Jim Ross could really hate him, Jeff, in this. <laughs> I hate both of them, in the fact, because this reminds me of how much Sh- Sh- Jim Ross hate hated Triple H. Oh my God! If you go back and watch the stuff, he hated him. Then his legendary voice over this, just one more time before he retires. This one feud, uh, this feud can make can make you cry, can make you get mad, can make you get sad. That's what Jim Ross is there. That can bring those emotions even better. Uh, well, that pretty much confirms my main event. So that's okay. You're high. Yeah, I felt like I was kind of cooking when I when I had the MJF telling Punk that he's so disappointed in him. I thought that was yeah. kind of that was. I like clean. that touch. I really yeah, do. Yeah, it's a good touch. Like, yeah. like I said, man, I was giving chills. Um, Aiden, uh, your pay per view card, man, was uh, fully stacked. Good start to end. Very good details. Um, like I said, like I'm gonna plug this real quick before I go into Adam's uh, um, paper, his uh, main event. Um, but check out uh, booking the elite uh, episode one's almost finished up. Connor's been putting a lot of work into it. Um, Aiden and Connor have both done a great job from what I've heard about it. So make sure you guys check out our YouTube channel because that is coming very soon. If you liked how this was going, uh, the show will be particularly all booking elite, whether it be pay-per-views, shows, feuds. Like These two have really killed it with the first episode. So I'm excited for them to share that with you. Um, Aiden, thank you, man. Uh, Good job tonight. I hope your mouth feels better. So uh, thanks for sticking it up and a uh, great way to end your pay-per-view. I give it a solid 10 out of 10. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Adam, your main event. All right. Well, my main event involves three people. Uh, it is for the AEW world championship. Um, and it's involving MDF and two men. He's very familiar with Darby Allen and CM Punk who are also oh. familiar with each other. Uh, I booked this based on Darby Allen finally climbing that ladder of earning, you know, MJF's um, right uh, to face him. Um, he goes through some some battles, uh, whether it be through Stokely Halley, uh, Stokely's men of the firm, um, to even winning a battle royal for a number one contendership for the pay per view. Um, but yes, you also get CM Punk return, uh, whether it be at Double or Nothing. Um, or on Dynamite, um, you get CM Punk Pixie Man back, saying he's not done with MJF yet. Um, obviously, you saw CM Punk earlier in the night with my card with FTR on the stage, uh, watching the Elite, staring him down. Um, in, this, in this main event, you've got um, uh, MJF, Darby Allen, CM Punk all staring at each other. Darby Allen and CM Punk stare at each other, and then look at MJF. And MJF runs out of the ring away from them, uh, but they cut him off and start beating him down in the ring. Um, and then you finally have a rematch one-on-one of Darby Allen and CM Punk. Because um, if you remember, uh, Darby was CM Punk's first opponent back uh, when he came. Um, and um, you get um, this big, big, big fight in the ring where – MJF tries to come in and then either Darby Allen or CM Punk take him out, but then uh, um, MJF takes out CM Punk, so he beats up Darby Allen a little bit. Darby Allen gets beat up, and then just as you think MJF's about to beat Darby, 
CM Punk comes in, starts beating up um, MJF, and just when CM Punk is about to uh, beat MJF, um, considering it's a triple threat match, uh, we're going to go with the whole there's no rules, so no DQ and everything like that. Um, the Bucks come in and distract CM Punk. Um, and when CM Punk is distracted, Kenny Omega comes out of nowhere and hits him with the V-trigger out of the ring. Um, this allows Darby Allen to get back in the ring to kind of fight a little bit until MJF beats him uh, with the diamond ring and pins him one, two, three. Um, this also leads to FTR coming out, helping CM Punk and uh, kind of key um, them uh, uh, and uh, um, uh, the Bucks and Omega up to the ramp. Um, and that kind of where he ends the pay-per-view with MJF holding the title high up in the ring, staring down CM Punk and CM Punk looking back between the elite and MJF. Um, it kind of also gives you that whole, all right, well, this is the story you're going to lead FTR and Punk against the elite, but also uh, you give MJF that heel win with some help um, and everything like that. Um, so that that's my main event for All Out. Wow, that like I feel like you have um, CM Punk's next opportunity to go up against MJF. He has to go through the elite first. Um, yes. I liked having that no DQ um, ideology in there. Um, I like the near fall. Um, great way to end your pay per view. I give it a ten out of ten. Adam, uh, great job tonight. You did really good with you know progressing your stories. Um, the battle royale was awesome. Good way um, to get people on the card. So, yeah, I give it a 10 out of 10. Good job, Adam. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So, the crowd. There's buzz. There's buzz in the crowd. You hear and see the cage lowering. The dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. As the cage surrounds the ring. Justin Robert opens the door, almost shaking. He steps inside. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for your main event. Then you have FTR's music hit. FTR makes their way to the ring. Then you hear, do I have your attention now? You hear that. They're static. Lights go down. You see, see, you see the red of CM Punk's fist logo pop up on the screen. CM Punk makes his entrance with that great cult of personality song as CM Punk makes his way to the ring. Then, as the crowd starts singing, before the elite can even come out and put a song on, you hear, carry on my way, what's son. Without even the music playing, you just hear the crowd start singing it. Okay, Carry on my way, son hits. The elite come out. They step foot inside that steel cage. Okay, They lock the door. The Elite versus FTR and CM Punk, the first ever trios tag match inside of a steel cage is your main event for the evening. Okay? It is just psychotic. You had the Bucks flipping off. You have the Bucks flipping off the top rope and flipping off the cage. You have Kenny Omega just striking CM Punk, just going at it, going at it, going at it. There are shots being called for you know all the brawl out issues that have happened. Okay, CM Punk hits Kenny Omega with a go to sleep. And then out of nowhere, the Bucks grab Kenny and do a melter driver onto that in-between spot between the cage 
and the ring apron, trapping CM Punk. Okay, the FTR and the Bucks just start going at it. Kenny Omega is tangled up in the ropes, cannot get to save his friend. Okay, Bucks, FTR, Bucks, FTR. Finally, FTR hits the Bucks with a big rig, but Matt Jackson kicks out at two. Okay, it is, the crowd is going wild. But then out of nowhere, out of nowhere, Adam Cole, Adam Cole comes out. He starts climbing, starts climbing the cage. He gets in the cage. He then hits CM Punk. He grabs CM Punk, pulls him in the middle of the ring, and a V-trigger to CM Punk. He then looks at Omega. Omega shakes his hand. He then low blows Kenny Omega. Adam Cole low blows Kenny Omega. Two hooded figures then jump into the ring. You have two of them climbing up, climbing up. They get down in the ring. They start hitting Matt and Nick Jackson. Start hitting Matt and Nick Jackson. They rip off their, their hoodies. And it's Matt Taven and Mike Bennett from the kingdom. They have teamed up with Adam Cole. They have taken out Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. They grab CM Punk and drag him over to pin Kenny Omega. One, two, three. There are six men laying in the ring unconscious while the kingdom reigned tall. The cage is lifted up. Adam Cole grabs the mic. You had this coming. I've been kicked out of Bullet Club. I've been kicked out of the Elite. While I was sitting at home, the only two people that were my friends, I thought that you guys were my friends, the only two people to actually reach out to me when I was concussed and could barely even talk to my own fiance, Britt Baker. You two are my only friends. The Elite, you guys are a bunch of pieces of shit. Mic drop, I'm cold, music hits, the three walk out, and that, and that visual of the, the newly formed backup kingdom is on the screen to end the pay-per-view with CM Punk and FTR getting the win, but not getting it fairly. What's going to happen next? What's going to happen on dial? What's going to happen on full gear? Lots of questions. Very sports entertainment kind of finish, but I feel like that just sets up a tr- like another feud down the road. So that's how you end my pay per view. Thank you. Very good. <clears throat> I know it's a little sports entertainment. I'm sorry, but I, I feel like I feel like that would be a good way to. Uh, fortunately, since you can't do Red Dragon and <laughs> and. Uh, Adam Cole, I feel like the kingdom could be a good replacement for him. I like that it kind of gives a vibe of uh, kind of at the end of All Out 2021 when both sorry, oh my gosh, I have the hiccups. When Cole and Anderson debuted, how it's just like kind of a, a chaotic environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like I think that's a good way to finish it. But this time, it leaves the fans in disbelief where it's not going to deteriorate viewers. It also it also does reintroduce uh, Evan and um, Bennett um, because I knew they had some appearances in AEW, but it's a nice way to reintroduce them to the AEW crowd and everything like that. And especially teaming them up with Adam Cole, I think that's a good route. Uh, before we get on to Connor, uh, Mike, um, he does. Where uh, back to my. Uh, finish uh where does that leave o'reilly um unfortunately not sure when he's come back that's why i didn't add him into the match or the aftermath 
Um, so fortunately, I'm not sure when his time frame of return is, but you know he can always form up and they can do a uh, a faction with the four. So who knows? Um, I mean, I can I can see him if if they do do battle royal at all out. I can see him coming back in that battle royal. Yeah. All right, Connor, you ready for your main event? Yep. Uh, this match uh, was, of course, CM Punk and MJF. Uh, this match, uh, a lot of the same build that Aiden has uh, with basically the whole story. Uh, you left me. Uh, you left your ball and went home again. Uh, you left me high and dry. Well, I could have had a dominant reign and beat you for the title. Uh, this match... Uh, out in a normal one-on-one match, uh, but the ending of this match, no one wins. Uh, this actually has a little bit to do where the show's at. Uh, this show is going to be the first ever AEW Stadium show. Uh, okay. I think uh, this is going to be in... Uh, I have the arena right here because it's in Ontario, Canada, and it is at the Tim... Portland's Field. It's the what's it called the donut, the donut box, the donut box. Uh, I'm gonna add a picture. Pull up. Well, anyways, uh. <laughs> This uh, one spot that was supposed to happen in AEW did not happen uh, at Revolution 2020, no, 2021. Uh, like, there's not even a winner in this match. Uh, they uh, go somewhere outside of the stadium. They get to a ring far, a little bit far from the other arena, and uh, the ring explodes. Uh, by FT by uh, CM Punk commands FTR to uh, blow up the ring, uh, kind of like the uh, exploding barbed wire death match that was <laughs> supposed to go off. Just some actually do it. Uh, I have different other scenarios. Uh, this match being in a steel cage like lanes, uh, but uh, I want a crazy spot to have in this match to leave fans. Wanting to come back Wednesday to see what's going to happen. Uh, I don't have CM Punk walking out as champion, the new champion in this uh, match. Uh, um, I'm leaning towards more like a. Uh, Spoil the ring. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, Canada deserves an AEW pay per view. Uh, the Toronto Raptors arena uh, is a very good arena. Uh, I believe they could have a big collaboration with the Toronto Raptors uh, for like the Rampage before. Uh, all out. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of scenarios you can go with that. Oh, CM Punk and uh, MJF. I like it, man. I like that crazy, uh, crazy finish that could lead into a uh, death match the right way. Um, great battle royale. 
great pay-per-view all around, 10 out of 10 as well. Um, I feel like yeah. each one of those matches could happen. A um, couple of good rematches in there. And, yeah, I, I like it, man. Good job. 10 out of 10. All Thank right. You. Well, that is going to do it for um, our Talking Elite uh, this week. Um, I know this was a long episode. This is our longest Talking Elite episode, just under – uh, two hours and 20 minutes. So thank you guys um, so much for coming on and sharing your cards. Um, that was a lot of fun. And uh, don't forget, check out our socials because um, we will be posting our first uh, booking elite with Connor and Aiden. So um, I cannot wait personally to watch it as well. Um, also, don't forget to hit subscribe uh, down below. Hit that bell. Um, we have um, some cool shows coming up, um, especially with Ring of Honor um, officially, you know, becoming on a streaming service and actually start televised tapings. Um, so we'll be doing that for, uh, as well as doing a watch along for that. Um, we also will be of course doing talking elite next week as well. Uh, next week we will be going through the revolution card and picking who we think will be um, walking out victorious and maybe predicting a couple matches, depending how it sits, because right now it feels like there's some still some stuff up in the air of potential matches for the show. Um, so we will go through uh, the card the best we can if there's not all the matches announced already um, as time of recording. And then following um, the following week, um, Aiden has been working so hard on a Jeopardy wrestling game for us to play. Um, so we'll be uh, doing a wrestling Jeopardy. So come on out, uh, test your Jeopardy skills against the All Elite Masters here. Um, so we have that coming up. Uh, don't forget, we have our watch along stream tomorrow night. Uh, for AEW Rampage, baby, um, it will be at 9 Central, normal time this week, unlike uh, last week with it being 6 Central out of nowhere, um, dang NBA. Um, so we'll be doing our Rampage uh, watch-along tomorrow, and of course we'll be back uh, next Wednesday um, for AEW Dynamite. Um, go follow us on Twitter. Uh, we post polls, we post different things on there all the time. Also keeps you up to date on some of our uh, guests coming up. Um, when we um, have our, you know, interviews, um, you also see new show announcements, uh, new, you know, new videos uploaded. Of course, uh, make sure you check out uh, Spotify and Podbean. Um, we upload all of our uh, shows on there that are not YouTube exclusives. So uh, go check that out as well. Follow us on Twitch, and uh, don't forget um, to uh, watch us next week as we break down the card. Um, Connor, Adam, Aiden. You guys killed it tonight. Before, Good job on your book. I have that picture. I want to show the arena. Oh, show uh, the arena before we send it off. <laughs> this is the uh, arena, 24,000 seat arena. Uh, like the uh, like Titantron thingy. Green uh, to a pretty cool stage, I think. Yeah, unique for sure. All right. Well, that's yep. going to do it for the All Elite Zone Talking Elite tonight. Uh, thank you guys again for joining us. Um, leave a comment down below on what you would book for All Out and tell us what match you liked from our crazy minds. So take care, guys, and we'll see you guys next week. See you. Later.